We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. All right, all right. Welcome to episode 23 of The Corner. Can't, can't believe we made it this far. I'm Kel Dansby. And I'm Andreas Hale. And we are two journalists who cover wrestling, boxing, MMA, but we also love hip-hop. If you haven't heard us by now, what the hell is taking you so long? Yeah, it's, y'all stupid, man. Get it together. And if you're, if I'm saying y'all stupid, y'all already listening, so I don't mean you. Like, tell a neighbor. Tell a neighbor you haven't listened to The Corner, you're an idiot. The person right next to you. Be like, yo, have you heard this? They say no. Be like, you're an idiot. Today... We're talking about Chris Brown's Stupid Tattoo, WWE SummerSlam, NXT, Monday Night Raw. We got some UFC mixed into it. Yeah, got to talk Rousey and Holly Holm. Some good boxing coming up this weekend that we're covering. Two different fights. I say good loosely in one of our cases. And then uh, we're also going to talk Mayweather because we're going to this open workout. And so that fight's creeping up on us too. But first, we have to talk about the fight you're covering this weekend. Unfortunately. And the fact that Mayorga completely took this to, like, a beyond Drake level by touching Shane Mosley's girl's ass at the press conference. Yo, I don't know if this is all a work, but this is, like, a great story for a fight that might not be horrible between two washed-up fighters. Two completely washed-up guys. Two horrible fighters can produce a good fight is yes. what you're saying. Have you seen people fight at a bar? Yeah. You've seen people fight on World Star? This is this is what Mosey Mayorga <laughs> is. This is exactly what it is. Look, Mosey's still got a little bit left. He's got Sean Porter and Kenny Porter still training him. He's still guys he can still beat. But yeah, press conference, Mayorga, completely disrespectful. Slaps Shane's girl on the ass. And she wows out on him. Like she's never had her ass slapped before. Which we know is probably isn't the truth. Yeah, she's had her ass slapped. Yeah, I mean, you know. You know, pre-Shane, she definitely had her ass slapped. Oh, before. 
easily. But she was taken aback. Like, she's a new woman. Yo, she cried. She's like Drea. Like, her wholeness got deleted. Do not touch my ass anymore. Yeah. She flipped out, cried, ran backstage. There was applause by the audience. Like, it, it looked like it was a work. Yo, this shit's like a novella right now. Like, this shit's like a straight novella. Like, I'm watching Univision, <laughs> and we're getting ready to see a fight to, for the season finale. Yo, it was so crazy. And Shane's just there, like, trying to hold her back, kind of, like, not defending her. He doesn't know what to do. And she's like, baby, kill him. Yeah, it's like Saturday, baby. He Saturday. touched my ass. You kill him now. And it <laughs> seems like the fight's going through. I don't know if you've been following, but, you know, Don King's had this injunction trying to stop uh, Ricardo Mayorga from fighting. I don't know why. I don't know what kind of money... This thing's going to do like 20,000 pay-per-views. Like, why is it a pay-per-view? Because it's the only way they can get it on TV. That's ridiculous. And maybe the ass slap helps that. You need something. Hey, slap asses, kiss babies, kick babies. Do what you got to do for people to watch this fight. Because right down the street is a fight you're covering. Abner Mars and Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah, that's going to be a good fight. A fight I've been wanting to see for like a year now. Uh, people like, it. it's, you know, they were ducking each other and all this stuff. I was of the opinion that Mares would beat Santa Cruz. Stuff changes in a year. <laughs> um, Mares isn't the same Mares, so I'm a little shaky on that. Um, now it's a toss-up to me. Santa Cruz is really kind of the face of the two coming in. Uh, Mares, but I liked him for the same reasons that I liked him before. You know, I, I think his hand speed would keep up. Santa Cruz is overly technical at times for not having that. Uh, overly technical? The guy yeah. goes over 100 punches around. Listen, I don't like, well... He's not a he's not a heavy puncher for his aggressiveness. Can no, I say that? He throws a ton of punches. Exactly. It, they're uh I guess I can't call it technical. He he peppers punches. Yeah. He's he slap boxing yeah. in a boxing match. I don't like that at times. I thought Mares would take advantage. He can open him up for heavy punches. So that's why I pick Mares. He can shake him a little bit. Cuz with Santa Cruz it's just like you you're throwing slaps at him the whole damn time. I don't want to watch someone slap box. And I thought he's gotten away with that for a long time. So uh we'll see what he brings this weekend though. It's been a very hyped up fight. I'm glad I'm going to this one and not the ass slapping debacle that you're going to. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, Mosley should get Mayorga out of there in a couple rounds. He'll probably carry. Well, him. now he better. Oh yeah, I mean, if he gets slapped, you, you, you can't have get no slapped. Choice. I mean, Mayorga hasn't won a fight in God knows how long, and he, he tried MMA and lost there too. Like Mayorga's just a bona fide loser, so it is what it is. <laughs> He's gonna lose. He's coming to lose. But the Mara Santa Cruz fight is is interesting on a number of levels because you have two guys from Southern California, both Mexican Americans. Both speak English, which is always good for marketability. Definitely. Both guys don't like to take a step back when they fight. They like to come forward. Um, ever since Mares lost to Johnny Gonzalez, people say he's been a little bit different. The problem with Mares is that his last fight against Santos Reyes, which was um, on a PBC card, yeah. like the fallout fight, he had the flu, so he didn't look good. Um, but Santa Cruz has faced weak competition. He's dominated some really, really weak competition over the past. I think the last three fights have been With terrible. a bunch of love taps. Yeah. Just love tapping the hell out of people. However, in this fight, I'm picking Santa Cruz, and there's a couple of reasons why. One, his activity is going to be an issue. Like, any close round is going to go to Santa Cruz. Um, Mars isn't the heaviest puncher. He's faced stiffer competition. He's faced Joseph Hickbeko. He's faced, he's faced Victor Tinian. Mars is face tough guys. But Punch think, is heavier than Santa Cruz, though. Yeah, but I don't think the problem is he's going to have to eat a bunch of shots to, to land what he wants to land. And it, it's a toss-up fight to a lot of people, but I think it's going to be Santa Cruz winning a unanimous decision. Um, it's still going to be close. It'll be 115-113 and 116-112. And there might be a card that goes the other way for Mars. Yeah, it could be a split. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the split. But I think the volume punching is going to be a problem. I think... If these guys fight the way I think they're going to fight, it could be a fight of the year candidate. 
Oh, definitely. Because no one's going to back down. No. That's, that's the, the key. Like, it's going to be a lot of offense or a little offense. There's no defense in this fight. That That's the thing. It's like, okay, best case scenario, they both drop each other once. Someone drops twice to someone else's one, and it's fight of the year. Worst case scenario, they hit each other a bunch, and no one hits the canvas. That's not bad for a fight. No, nah, we might be seeing something very similar to the Morales-Barrera fights, where these guys just throw the caution to the wind and start throwing them. Um, I overheard Santa Cruz saying the other day that if he gets hit, he might start boxing. Leo Santa Cruz has no DNA in the box. <laughs> the guy comes in, and he throws a lot of punches. He's not going to back down. Add that to the fact that they're fighting in both of their backyards and basically a battle for Southern California. Oh, yeah. There's no way that this fight can't produce fireworks. It's going to be crazy to see how the crowd splits. I, I feel like it's more of a Santa Cruz crowd it should so be. far. But uh, Mars is going to have his supporters, too. So it, it's going to be great. It's going to be good to see. It's finally good to see a fight where one person lands a punch and the crowd doesn't have to go crazy. Or, you know, oh, it's... It, made with the Pacquiao, basically. Exactly. It's like... Pacquiao landed one punch. <sighs> cool. So, like, chill out. Like, this crowd will be split. It'll be even. We don't have to worry about all that stupid crowd hyping up one fighter over the other. We can look with our eyes and just trust what we see and not get overly emotional into the fight. More, so, more that's going to be good. Is, uh, the fact that we have a fight that means something. You know, rarely do you have a fight that means something where there isn't, like, a, a complete favorite. Golovkin's going to be a landslide favor against Lemieux. Mayweather's a landslide favor against Berto. This is a toss-up fight with two fighters that have been basically jockeying for position against each other for the greater half of about three years, and they're finally going to fight, and it means something. So you add that into, into the mix, it's, there's a lot of drama here. There's a good narrative. This feels like the first of three to me. The first I, of many. I, I don't thing. think this is the last time we're going to see these two fight. Yeah. And it's the, that's what makes it the perfect timing. It's like, cool, have this, and then maybe a Vegas one, and then go back and mark, market it as the trilogy. Because it could honestly go both ways. If Mars wins this one, then Santa Cruz come right back at the beginning of next year and beat him. It, it's that close. It's one guy messes up once. He makes the wrong mistake. One guy hits a knee, and that changes the whole scoring. And that's all it takes in this fight. So I feel like this could be a trilogy. And uh, before we move on to other stuff, and we're waiting for a guest to call here in a second. Yeah, we, I mean, we got our guest today. We got Rotimi from Power, who played Dre in Power. And we also got my man David D. from Boston. We're going to talk a little bit of wrestling. But, yeah, before we talk Before about we that, get there, I don't want to get too far off of the Mayorga thing. What would you do? Like, how as a man are you supposed to handle this situation of another man slapping your girl on the ass? Well, see, there's two, there's two trains of thought here. If a... Uh, Dude slash my girl's ass and I beat your ass before, I'm going to beat your ass. That's not a problem. Like, I've already worked that shit over one time, so, the, you know, I'm going to knock your ass out a second time. However, if the shoe's on the other foot and you slap my girl's ass and you beat my ass, I'm still going to fight you. I, we might just both get fucked up. See, now, now here, here's where it comes. My girl better jump in if there's going to be a problem. See, that's the key. It's like, okay, they fight in a couple of days. So how don't you beat his ass on the spot? Because you beat his ass on the spot, you're messing up money. Of course. So do you wait the five days? Like, she looked at him like it was a punk move. Like, yo, you ain't going to hit him right now? And he's like, baby, I need these checks. Yeah, you need these checks too. You see them shoes you wear? Yeah, you like, you ain't with me for my guy giving looks right now. I'm like 45 plus. Your body's banging. Let's just be real. You here for the money. Don't mess up the money. Right, don't mess up the He can slap, slap the left cheek, the right cheek, whatever. I got him on Saturday. That's the way he played it. And it seems like he kind of got played as the punk in this. Like, 
You what are you supposed to do? Walk up? It seems like you should John Jones him. Like John Jones DC and you just gotta rumble. See, here's my problem. What is your girl doing in the press conference in the first place? How is she close enough to get her ass slapped? Like, listen, if we beefing, right? And I know you're like every man's weakness is kryptonite. Uh, you know, the, the kryptonite is the woman. And if your woman gets an ass slap, men fight over somebody telling their woman crazy. Yeah. My woman's staying like far, far away from this fight. For her to get her ass slapped by Mayorga, I'd be like, hey, why are you so close to Ricardo Mayorga? <laughs> I don't think you can bring that up <laughs> at the moment. Like, well, baby, you know, you should have been that close. Why did your ass get in the way of his hand? I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't have been nowhere near the podium. You put your ass yourself in ass smacking zone. And Mayorga doesn't care. The dude smokes cigarettes after he knocks people out. So <laughs> if, if he's going to do that, I'm just saying, like, you bound to get your ass slapped. You're kind of lucky that's all he did. You know what I'm saying? He could have molested you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on, but on stage. I'm just saying. So in real life, like, if we're out in the street, yeah, you slap my girl's ass, you slap my wife's ass, we rumbling. Somebody going to jail. Somebody's going to a grave. <laughs> it's going to happen. Boxing, there's some checks involved. I might reconsider. You get to legally beat his ass in four that's days. I don't know if you can wait four days. That, that's the key. Like, you know, he went home and he had a lot to answer to. Like, they went to the hotel room and he was like, you know, baby, I wanted to punch him. But and she just like, I ain't having none of that. My mama told me I should have left you. And then there was a whole bunch of, you know, broke this, been, broke that. I just said, like, checks. You see these? Checks. <laughs> you ain't getting none of these. Like. Chill, checks. Those red bottoms stop coming in quick. Yeah, everything start coming in quick. You find your ass outside in the corner. <laughs> like, keep playing. Like, keep playing. You better take that ass slapping like a woman. I was about to say, like, sometimes you just got to get your ass slapped. I'm just saying, I, I, you know. There's worse things in this world. Of course. I'm just, it's boxing. This is theater. My is doing this for theater. He disrespected you, Shane. It's clear. It's obvious. Saturday night, go ahead and beat that ass. She was having none of that, though. She started crying. Yo, she she cried. was hysterical. Yo, and, and Shane's like. You know, let's be honest. Shane's like, a, he's a little bit slow. Shane's not the same. He's not really on the, the money as sharp as he used to be. So Shane's probably just realizing it now. He's like, he slapped your ass? Like, that was like six hours ago. I was partying like on some Rick James. <laughs> like, Shane's on like another planet. If you talk to Shane Mosley, it takes him a long time to answer your questions. So I don't think he really computed. Like, when he was moving, he was moving like, what happened? What happened? He's on Where's like Floyd a 10 at? second tape delay. Like, De La Hoya again? Like, what's happening? Like, <laughs> yo, I love Shane, but you know, he's just, he's. I don't, I don't think, I don't think. Like, yeah, she ain't having that, yo. So he better buy her something real nice with that small pay-per-view check. Because she's like, I got my ass slapped. Like, come on. Like, she probably went to the club the night before, got her ass slapped three times. She wasn't tripping. Now it's on TV or at a press conference. You want to make a scene. I feel like she's on stage just to be a star, too. Like, she was just really just creeping in the background, like, trying to photobomb the press conference. Got her ass slapped. That's, that's how it goes. That that's always always a liability when you're on the stage trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Brown, what, like what? I don't even know if he's trying to be cool anymore. But he got to be trolling us. Yo, Greek. What did he get? Aphrodite uh, tattooed on the back of his head. He got BBW Aphrodite tattooed on the back of his head. Like she is a nice sized woman. But it's like Drake would like her. Well. Drake like Serena. Well, 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 I don't know why we have this is brand new. Like Drake's probably been poking Serena for years. For a second. For multiple. I mean, him and Common weren't she, beefing for no yeah, reason. Yeah, there's a reason why she's like smashing Wimbledon's too. She's happy. She got Drake dick. So it's, you know. Did you see that shit? Like when they were like waving at each other? It was yeah. like, hey, babe. And then like he got that cheesy ass smile. Anyway, 
Drake continues to keep winning. Like nobody's mad at Drake. The, every time uh, Serena's an odd win though. Like she's a little rough in the face. Listen, she wins Wimbledon's. I'll take it. Ah, I don't. I don't know if he's man enough for her. I don't know who's man enough for her. Yo, but Drake would it. I would have. It would have pegged me. Yo, I feel like she's picking Drake up. Like it. In when it's time to go who's down, picking who up? They're winning. That's a couple that's winning right now. I don't know about that one. That's rough. So you wouldn't take down Serena Williams? I would not take down Serena Williams. I, I, I couldn't do it. She's just, she's not my cup of tea. How about I say that? Like, she's just too, too brolic. We have the same body type. Like, I can't have someone with legs bigger than mine. Sir. I can't do it. Why? Because of public perception? No, just because of me. Like, just as a man, like, you just can't be manhandling me, yo. Like, you can't be throwing me about the room. I got to do this. She could be mad feminine in the bedroom. Just because she got muscles and smashes the shit out of a tennis ball doesn't mean she's going to smash shit out of your balls. No, she she definitely would. Can you imagine Serena on top? It's not working, yo. You got to be, like, WWE Apollo Crews style ripped to handle Serena. Because anything less than that, she's going to kill you. That muscle is dense. She can't do it. Well, poor Drake. I don't think it's poor Drake. The guy, he can have it. He's winning. It's a... Anyway, <laughs> I, I just threw you off with the whole Serena in the bedroom conversation. We're talking about Chris Brown. Yes, we're talking about Chris Brown with a Greek statue in the back of his head. Yes, a horrible one. Like, what the hell was Chris Brown thinking? <laughs> Cocaine's one hell of a drug. Gucci, uh, <laughs> Gucci has a tattoo of ice cream on his face. A lot of people now have tattoos on their face of various things. But a Greek statue, like the face of a Greek statue. Not like, a well done one. My thing is, yo, you want to do that? Go to a good artist you got nothing but money you can get someone to make it look like the real ass statues on the back of your head you go to someone who draws with like a crayola crayon that's not cool and that shit's there forever he gotta grow his hair out now like he could never get a light caesar he is permanently stuck with like stupid light skin guy curls i don't understand this like what what is what will possess you to get a statue on the back of your head that's when you have too much time and too much money. But he's eventually going to be broke. Look, I've said it from the beginning. <laughs> Chris Brown is going to be on somebody's celebrity rehab show in a couple of years. Him and Bobby Brown's going to be teaching the class. Oh, damn. Yeah. So to get a <laughs> tattoo in the back of your head, because this, this isn't it. This, it's not over. It's like, you know, Chris Brown's still in his early 20s. His early 20s or mid-20s now? Early 20s. Like, Chris Brown's like 23 or something. Whatever the hell he is. Like, you got to live with this for the rest of your life. And you got a statue on the back of your head for reasons that I cannot understand. I I will never know it. I mean, but I bet you there's a ton of Instagram chicks who are like, oh, look at Bay's sexy tattoo. And girls love that shit because they love anything Chris Brown does. He can do no wrong. Right now. Wait till Chris is washed. Oh, yo, when he gets older, it's going to be rough. He's it's like watching El DeBarge, like when he came back to the BT Awards and shit. But see, at least El DeBarge, like I think Chris Brown's going to end up being like a fat dude because he's got like Oh, like tendencies. chubby Bobby Brown? Yeah. He's going to have like fat tendencies. Like it's, like when he came out of prison? Exactly. Fat? Exactly. He was like, yo, who the hell is like, this so chubby dude dancing? So all the tattoos, tattoo in the back of your head, a drug habit, and you're like 38, like washed up. It's not going to look good, man. Chris Brown's going to jail, like, for real, for real, in his late 40s. Like, he's going he's gonna to pull, like, an OJ. <laughs> Damn. I, I'm telling you, man. Like, you can see, the kid's nothing but trouble. 
Like, you, as much as people are like, yo, he's so talented. He can't sing all that great. I don't give a damn what anybody says. He's a very average singer. He makes very average music. Chris Brown has like a collection of fans on Twitter. They have a name. I don't know what their name not, is. Not a, is they're it ca- another hive? It's not a hive, but they're, they're something. Shit, whatever they they're are. They're like the Breezettes or something stupid. If you guys are listening and know what the hell it is, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what it is. But he has a collective. They shall be uh, DMing you about this. I don't care. Like, like dog, I don't care. Like, y'all, y'all can be mad. You know your man's going to jail. Your, man, your man's due for serious incarceration. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna. He would like, say his drug days and hitting women days are behind him. I don't believe him. I believe he hit a woman yesterday, and that's just my <laughs> thoughts. I believe that Chris Brown. Like one dog. No, I'm sorry. Like you got you beat up Rihanna because, and the only reason we knew is because Rihanna's like a superstar. She's yeah. worth more than you. You know what I'm saying? Forbes list. She's worth more than you. Karuchi still love him. You think Karuchi didn't get pop? I don't know. He probably paid her enough to stay around. What is Karuchi doing nowadays? She's kind of sexy. I'll take Karuchi over, Yo, she's over Serena right now. You know how small like Karuchi is? Have you seen her in person? I haven't seen her in person. Yo, she's like like baby size, like toddler size. She's like 5'1? Like, like, no, she's like 4'10. Like she's like, what? oh, did she just Chris come Brown's out? Chris Brown's like 6'3, though. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Like, you know, like Shaq and Shawnee, like their size difference is like that. Like Karuchi's mad. Like she looks like she just walked out of a fourth grade. She's classroom. super cute. Karuchi and Cassie, they're on my list. Both ahead of Serena Williams. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, like, for the fact that you would just pass on Serena. Yeah, I'm eyeing on that. And her hair weirds me out. I, don't what? get me started on that. Yeah. Weirds you out? Yeah, like, her weave is just whack. And she be sweating it all out, like, on the tennis match. She's in a fucking tennis match. I don't care. Like, I don't like that shit. Like, it's, it's not cute. Like, she just, she needs to do something different. Oh, man. I can't do it. Yo, we'll get back to that. But right yeah. now, our guest is calling in. And it's time to talk wrestling. All right, all right. We'll get back to boxing a little later in the podcast. But right now, our guest is calling in. Guest, say what's up. What's up, everybody? David D here, uh, wrestling fan, writer, uh, extraordinaire, according to my mama. Um, but yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, that was real simple, David. I think you just kind of sold yourself short. Yeah, you undercut yourself right there. He's, really? trying, he's trying not to I'm be not, healed. Yeah, I need, somebody, I, need, I need Paul Heyman here to put me over. I'm not good at that. He's, <laughs> he's the Brock Lesnar journalist right here. He just stands right. there and nods. Right. Nothing wrong with right. that. Uh, <laughs> right. Correct grammar city over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start with NXT, though, because NXT kicked off the weekend. And to me, it was the best part of the weekend. When watching right. that, how did how did you leave NXT? Did you like it better than SummerSlam and some of the other stuff we saw? Uh, definitely easily better than, uh, SummerSlam. One of the best cards from top to bottom, uh, of the year. Definitely probably maybe the best one. I think, um, if you're an NXT fan, like this felt like WrestleMania, uh, it's the biggest crowd, uh, they've ever had. Um, it was definitely, uh, uh, great show. I mean, you got a five-star match. Like you, there's never been, there hasn't been a WWE show this year that has a five-star match in my opinion. And this one had one, so uh, by default, it's the best uh, thing that happened all weekend. It had the two best matches of the weekend. Ooh, the two. What was the second best? Uh, Finn Balor and uh, Kevin Owens uh, nudging by Cena and uh, Rollins by a small margin thanks to the ending uh, of Cena-Rollins. So yes, Sasha Banks, the, ma- the match I'm talking about, Sasha Banks and Bailey, they put on a five-star match. Uh, all the stars, first five-star match I've seen this, this year. 
Uh, probably the first five-star match I've seen since... Ugh, I can't even remember the last time I saw one. So, uh, it's definitely a memorable match. Uh, kind of wish they'd have gone on last, but I understand well, you know, how you, it's difficult to make that call. Man, see, I I didn't give Bailey and Sasha five stars. I thought it was great, but I didn't give it five stars. Yeah, that got to be five stars. Like, the storytelling in that match was incredible. How Just, was it shorter? What, what, is, what was it missing? I think there was a, a couple of botched moves in towards the middle, towards the end. I've seen better quality matches from top to bottom in G1 this year. Like, I guess I'm overdosing on G1 Climax this year because watching AJ Styles and Nakamura and Okada and those guys, that those, there was a couple of five-star, very close to yeah. five-star matches. But I thought this was at least a four-and-a-half. The middle. final was almost a five-star in G1. I mean, that show was great. But other than that, I mean, Semi-final? as far as the women are concerned, I mean, I'm not giving them any extra credit because they're women. The... The part where Sasha Banks had her in the bank statement and was kicking Bailey's hand was one of the best moments of the match. Period. I think it's a it is a subjective five stars. I mean, if you are a person who just watches matches and match quality, it might not be five stars for you. If you are an NXT fan who has followed Bailey for the last two years or followed Sasha Banks, uh, this is, then it's five stars because it told a story that was built up on years and years of storytelling between the two of them and the women's division in NXT for the whole time. So if you follow them and as a fan, it's definitely a five-star match. If you're um, looking at it like I've never seen these people before and looking at the match and the quality and a couple you know missed spots or whatever, then you can say, um, all right, it might have fallen short. But if you include the storytelling and history, it's a five-star match and... I've felt this way for a few months, and this confirmed it. Sasha Banks is the best wrestler in America right now. Yo, that's real. And don't listen to Andres, yo. He tried to give Kanye four and a half. What? And oh. then it got bumped up to five mics. Don't listen to him. Hey, right. he's, a, he's always the skeptic on these things. Hey, I'm a harsh critic. What, what more can I say? Yo, yo, but no. Sasha go, is up there, though. Sasha Banks might be the smoothest, seamless performer that we've seen right now. Her transitions are beautiful. Like... Well, She's dope. About, about Sasha, first of all, in the ring, she's the closest thing to HBK we got in the WWE right now. So there's that going for in the ring. But then on top of that, she has more personality and her promos are better. And the way she carries herself in the ring, combined with the wrestling itself, like nobody has that combination uh, in wrestling right now. Like she's basically like HBK and The Rock, as far as I'm concerned. The stuff she was doing with Bailey in terms of, I'm going to, uh, where she was like making fun of Bailey's moves and mimicking them in the middle of the match. And then where she uh, pays homage to Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc and does the front flip over the top rope. I mean, she took things to another level. I don't think there's another wrestler, uh, definitely in the WWE, but probably anywhere else that's right, that's hitting on all cylinders like Sasha Banks is right now. She's top three. She's top three in the world right now. Right. I mean, Nakamura is really cool to me. Um, right. I like all of his fights. He's stiff. He's a great performer and storyteller in the ring. And then you have Sasha. Ah, shit, I don't even know who I put three. I mean, she might be two. No, that's a lot of wrestlers. Oh, back, back to this five-star thing right quick. <laughs> you can't <laughs> let it go. I you can't. can't let it go. Because, Dave, you said it was the first five-star you've seen in a while. It, it, it was better than the Royal Rumble triple threat match for the title? Yeah. Okay, so before this, my match of the year was um, the Royal Rumble triple threat match, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this match was better than that one. I, I can say that easily. This match was better than that match. 
the emotion in the match, the storytelling, uh, the way it had a slow build. You got to remember that that Royal Rumble match had about like five minutes in the middle where Brock was on the table where it was kind of slow. Yes. This match had none of the, like the last 10 minutes were just the best 10 minutes you're going to see in any match uh, anywhere probably for the rest of the year. It, it's up there. It's better than the Royal Rumble match because I agree Brock was laying there. That one was carried by Rollins. That was Rollins coming out party. R- Rollins was carrying a lot of shit lately. Yeah, Rollins, I mean, he hasn't had a bad match in a long time. And them putting him, what, fourth? To last on SummerSlam is right. ridiculous. They're giving him the CM Punk treatment, which is shit. Yo, Once yo, again. So let's talk about Rollins real quick. Before we really start breaking down these cards, is it an insult that Rollins is getting... Basically, the, the dude can't get a clean win since he's had the title. What is your right. thoughts on this dude never getting a clean win? Well, I mean, he's got some clean Raw and SmackDown wins, I guess. But... I think it's more of a function of the guys they're putting him with. Like, he can't afford to beat Brock Lesnar clean. You know, John Cena has jobbed clean in three straight SummerSlams. Um, And then he's probably not going to beat Sting clean because Sting lost to Triple H. So I think it's a sort of a timing thing. It's a function of the guys he's wrestling with because he can't just beat these guys clean. Now, if they were going to go with him against Cesaro or Kevin Owens, or Randy Orton, or somebody like that. He's beating them clean. Um, I mean, a couple weeks ago, he had the triple threat with Orton and and, and Reigns. I believe he won that match clean, um, clean-ish. But he's a heel. <laughs> and I think uh, the thing with him is that like a good heel is a guy who can uh, take a babyface to the limit and be equal with the babyface, and then he cheats to win. And that's the thing. He was equal with Cena. Like It wasn't like Cena had him... Uh, I mean, he had the little uh, F5, I mean, sorry, attitude adjustment, um, visual pin, but everybody kicks out of that. So, um, you know, he had, he was doing some awesome stuff with Cena to the point where he still looks strong. And he's a heel, so heels cheat to win. I mean, that's just, you know, it's only recently where we look at heels winning clean in, you know, in WWE. Yeah, it seems like real 80s, though, that he keeps having to cheat to win. It, It seems, I mean... That, that's outdated. He's too good of a wrestler to need that to be his gimmick. Right now, he can carry himself. Like, his, his work speaks for itself. He doesn't have to keep just having someone run in, having someone interfere. Now, finally, people stopped interfering. He still can't win clean. It's something else. Now, someone hits someone with a chair. It's like, damn, he's still using the stupid pedigree. Someone else's move. Every way that they can lessen him as a person, they try. Because he's getting too good of a wrestler. And they have to take the belt off him sooner or later. So they're just trying to just knock him down. Just keep him normal. So when he loses the belt, people be like, okay, I'm tired of seeing him. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, when I think about John Cena versus uh, Seth Rollins, I don't really think about John Stewart interfering in the end. I think about the reverse, uh, the roll-up uh, attitude adjustment he gave to John Cena. I think about the three uh, suicide dives and the one over the top rope. And uh, the frog splash and things like that. I mean, he's doing enough in the ring to where, I mean, you listen to the crowd. He's over. He's over like crazy. Super. And, uh, you know, even if he doesn't win clean, I mean, he's doing enough in the match to make it seem like he's worth being on. And that's what's fr- that's what makes him a heel. It's so frustrating because you look at him and you're like, you could probably win these matches clean, but you were cheating anyway. And that's great heel work because Ric Flair was the same way. It's like you are the best wrestler in the world. 
you should be cheating. You should not be cheating, but he cheats anyway. And so you hate him. Brock Lesnar was the same way when he was here. He was hitting people, you know, with low blows and cheating just because he was a jerk. He was an asshole. That's what Seth Rollins is doing. Like, I, I think it's like, I mean, you guys are talking about how much you hate him now for doing that. That's heel work. That's what, that's what it's about. So let's have a prediction. Bold prediction. Seth Rollins carries the title until when? Uh, WrestleMania, where he loses to Roman Reigns in a Shield triple threat. Royal Rumble, he loses to Cena. Fuck that. Fuck it. Loses. <laughs> no. Loses to Cena at Rumble. Cut this out with this. Cena's not getting that title. Cena's getting the title. They need a big stage, and they're going to push Cena breaking Ric Flair's record as what like the main marquee is going to be of that fight. And then now it's going to be Sting a little bit. Cena's going to middle around. Cena's going to want his revenge, and then he's going to beat Rollins. Yeah. And then he's going to take the title. And... Now, whoever beats Cena at WrestleMania is super over. Like, beating Rollins, who cheats all the time, to win your title. Like, Roman Reigns beating Rollins, so what? But if you beat Cena, it means something. So they can give Cena the title so he can lose it at Mania to whoever that next guy is. If it's Finn Balor getting called up and Finn needs the crazy push, then it's Finn. If it's Roman Reigns finally gets it to click and could cut a damn promo and he's the next golden boy, then it's Roman Reigns. If they just want the money grab and it's Brock Lesnar again... And he takes him to Suplex City and kills him again. It doesn't matter. Whoever beats Cena clean is is legit. Yeah, I hate everything about what you just said. Hey, <laughs> Yo, it's, it's what's happening. Everything. Because, A, Reigns isn't over enough to be to have a title run. He, they still got some work to do. B, Rollins is... I can see Rollins ha- having this title until Mania because I, th- I look at this as the Edge and Christian theory. How many people hold it for a year? This is CM why. Punk? But this is why. The Edge and Christian theory is... Edge and Christian held the tag team titles forever and never lost a major match. Like, they always went over. So, for Rollins to hold it, like, to give it up to Cena is kind of stupid. I just don't think it makes any sense. Not right now. Not right now. Let Rollins hold it. Maybe Rollins feuds with Triple H at Mania if they split. But I'm more with David's prediction, but I don't think Reigns is going to get that title. And I, and I think that Ambrose is going to turn heel sooner than later, too. But... I'm going to say that he's going to lose it at, like, Elimination Chamber because the WWE does douchebag shit like that. Like, right before Mania, they have you, the, the champion drop the strap. That's my prediction. I just don't know who he loses that shit to. I mean, there's not too many candidates, right? Like, who who's that over? Kevin Owens is still too new. We got a lot of time, bro. We haven't even hit time. Survivor Series yet. That's why That's why I think Roman, I think Roman Reigns... Raw has been... one, But if you watch what Roman Reigns been doing on SmackDown... Much He's been having great promo, well, decent promos and great <laughs> matches on SmackDown. I think Roman Reigns, if you give him a good feud with Dean Ambrose or the Wyatts for the next few months, crowds are warming up to him a little bit to the point where, you know, we don't feel like he's getting shoved down our throat. I think you can get Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania because, you know, that's a huge match, but that's not going to main event. Whoever the Undertaker's wrestling at, main, at WrestleMania 32 is going to main event that card. And that's uh, that's just going to piss me off even more. I'm so tired of the championship not main eventing WrestleMania or these major pay-per-views. But I told you why this happened. It though. is ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I, always, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto is the reason why you can't always have the champ main event WrestleMania. If it, like... Undertaker and Shawn Michaels kill any title match. I think it was that WrestleMania in Arizona. What was that? What number was that? David, I know you know. Uh, WrestleMania 25 in Houston. They they 
went in the middle of the card, and then we had to see Triple H and Randy Orton in the main event, one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history. <laughs> you can't, like, you, you got to understand who, what your, your pull is here. And if Taker's your pull, like, let's be real. Taker and Lesnar had a good match. Like, a, a much better match than they had at WrestleMania. And that means Taker can still go. I wouldn't mind seeing him headline WrestleMania again. Now, if it's against Sting, fuck no. I'll pass. Y'all can have that shit. <laughs> but, but if Taker and Lesnar do it again at Mania, which I kind of hope they don't, but... Taker's not going to hold up through too many more of these. He's, he's out. Bye. Taker's out for a he while. He can't keep collapsing and shit. I'm pretty sure his last match is WrestleMania 32. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a lot. He has yeah. to win his last WrestleMania, though, right? He can't no. lose another one. Why not? After the whole streak shit and coming back and winning, you can't lose two. No, you go 21 on, and two don't sound cool. When you retire, you go out on your back. Most Ugh. people don't go out winning. Just I leave agree. Him, leave him I alone. think he, he should either wrestle Brock at WrestleMania 32 or wrestle Cena for the belt at the top of the car and just have, I, you know. I, I, have I like that. I love that idea, baby. I've been talking about this shit forever. But this is, the only, this is almost the only way you can turn Cena heel is against Taker. It's like oh, agree, agree. Only way Cena works heel is if he cheats and beats Undertaker and ends his career. If you do a career versus title match, Undertaker versus John Cena, and you have John Cena low blow Undertaker and hit him with the attitude adjustment and win, Cena's a heel. He's the biggest heel in the business. Undertaker's gone, and you have a stable of baby faces who are chasing him. You I don't know gone. if that's enough to turn him heel. That is definitely enough to turn him heel. Mania? Washed anyway. Look, at Mania... Or if you want him to turn super heel, you just have him beat Undertaker clean. And the crowd is going to boo him for the rest of eternity if he beats Undertaker clean and ends his career. Every mania Cena gets booed out the building. It's gonna be, if he faces Taker, you know how rough it's going to be. The only way Cena turns heel, because little kids still don't care. Undertaker's scary, and he beat up the scary man, and Cena's still going to have mad merch, and kids are going to hug him and shit. It's not heel enough. If Cena wants to go heel, he has to be a Heyman guy. That's the only way he goes heel. Hell no. Cal, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the only way Cena can go heel because people hate Heyman that much. No, they don't. Nobody hates Paul Heyman. Who hates Paul Heyman? The kids. It's all about the kids. David, you see, this is my co-host. You see the shit that he says? Cena's never going heel because of the kids. The kids will always love Cena. You got to do something to make him Paul, not appeal to know, the you know what will make You know what will make Cena turn heel? Is if all these kids start painting their faces and buying Finn Balor shooting sleeves. That is key. Finn Balor, uh, you know, dreadlocks. I mean, da uh, Daniel Bryan was almost at the point where he was an over-enough baby face to turn Cena heel. That's he what hurt. I thought. I thought so. the same thing. Daniel Bryan fucked it all up because that was the key. Daniel Bryan was loved by children. The only thing you needed is like a stupid tag team match at Mania or SummerSlam, and Cena turns on Daniel Bryan, and then that's heel. Children are crying. The black guy with the stupid taker face comes back, and he's shocked. That's what you needed to go heal. Daniel Bryan dropped the ball because of health. And then now Cena's stuck again. You need someone for the children to love so Cena can move on. And Taker's not that guy. Kids don't love Taker. He do whatever the hell he wants to Taker. It's like beating up the boogeyman. You're a hero to kids. Nah. You have to have the kids turn on you. That's what's going to make him heal. Nah. No. Taker take will turn him heal. If you want to go... It's a that bunch way. of 40-year-olds who hate him anyway. 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds. Like, when you have a whole building booing you, there's a way to turn him here. Look, he broke the Make-A-Wish record, all right? That's enough <laughs> yeah. of that shit. So right. he doesn't have to do that shit anymore. Now he can turn heel. He needs someone that the kids love. Finn Finn could be that guy. Women, children love Finn. Finn's cool. a, you know Finn's a heel, right? Finn like, should be a heel. It's going to happen. Like, Balor Club should be a whole hero, like, faction. 
if Triple H doesn't use Owens and and Balor and all that shit and create like a new clique and have people super annoyed by it, then he's missing out. Because Triple H should have his guys, his NXT guys, and say the hell with everyone else. Rollins turn face and then bring up and like spoon feed Owens and Balor and all these guys. I don't like any of your ideas. (laughs) 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 Booking wrestling's hard, man. (laughs) So let's talk about SummerSlam as a whole. The event as a whole, like, was it a good event, Dave? Because I didn't, I didn't. It felt long as hell to me. At four hours, I started feeling that shit after a while. Yeah, I think uh, WWE is in a in a weird situation. Like, if you go on the network and watch In Your House, all those matches look like superstars matches. So WWE is in a weird position because they put on great matches on Raw and SmackDown. So it's really hard for a four hour card to stand out and a lot of those matches felt like raw like i feel like the pay-per-view didn't really start until uh the shield and wyatt's match and it was really uh, about two slow hours and two like really really good hours at the end mm. yeah I, I feel like raw if raw could have been SummerSlam and SummerSlam could have been raw i would have been fine i mean did it did it also hurt that the damn stage looked exactly the same that they didn't do anything special Nothing for different. it looked like i was watching raw and raw was just like you know what? You want SummerSlam to be memorable. You bring out the Dudleys at SummerSlam. You turn that stupid four-way match into a five-way brawl or something and just bring out the Dudleys and have them put everyone through tables. Fucking genius. But you save that for Raw. And then the next night you have uh, Brock Lesnar go crazy and just f 5 people. The Taker match was cool, but it wasn't overly great. It was That match was at least 15 times better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my expectations were low. Okay, I didn't. I <laughs> my expectations were very low. I thought Taker was going to croak like five minutes into it. I thought, I mean, I think that that match, more like more than any match since probably his uh, WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, like that match put Undertaker on a whole new level in terms of a wrestler because he's obviously physically limited. And he told stories in the ring from the beginning of the match where, like, I'm not, I can't out, you know, outpower Brock Lesnar, but he was outmaneuvering him and outsmarting him and getting out of those holds and using his brawl. Like he was telling the story from the beginning of the match. And he is an example of like a real, that's what a real wrestler does. Like they tell stories and they can, um, you know, elongate their career by doing that. I think that put him in a whole nother top tier of wrestling just by that match alone. Yo, that laugh was ridiculous. The laugh, you got it. You got it. Yo, the <laughs> laugh, was hilarious. The laugh enhanced the match a star by itself. Oh, it did. <laughs> it was just like as soon as he busted out with the laugh, I was like, okay. Yeah. It was like I mean, you got this. Like you think about it, you know, in in the modern wrestling era where guys are flipping over top ropes and going through tables, the biggest pop of the match was Undertaker sitting up and laughing and then punching themselves while sitting down like two kids in timeout, and it was awesome. Like it was the greatest thing. Of the night, and that's just that's what storytelling is. Yeah, yeah. So let's, I want to talk about one more thing before I let you go, David. Is uh, so about mm, has it been a year since New Day debuted? Has it been a year yet? Yes. Yeah. Talk about New Day. We got to talk about New Day. New because Day rocks. when we first saw New Day, all of us shit our pants. It was like, oh fuck, this is this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> that was the most one of the most over things on Raw. And at SummerSlam is New Day. NXT, they were chanting New Day Rocks. Well, I, I want to I correct something real quick. You said a lot of people said it would be terrible. I always had faith in New Day. 
I, if you check the Wrestle Rap archives, I wrote about how New Day could main event things. I was always on, on New Day, and I knew they had potential for greatness. Uh, I thought they would be a heel faction. I kept on finding Black Holidays that they could turn heel on and um, walk them off the counter. I thought they would turn you know, heel on MLK Day. I thought they would turn heel in, um, in St. Louis. I thought they would turn heel when uh, Empire beat everybody in uh, in the ratings on Fox. I was waiting on it uh, for any Black Holiday where they would turn heel, and I knew that they'd be great as a heel faction, and now they are, and they they are the most entertaining thing in the WWE right now. Dude, Biggie's dancing. Oh, the dancing took it to a new level. The dancing is genius. When Kofi Kingston said pitch pipes to see before doing New York, I I like I like, I lose it every single time. <laughs> So, so we made the right decision. We put the belts back on New Day. Yeah. And now that we're in here with the Dudleys. But where, how far are the New Day going to go now? With, with the Dudleys in the mix, did the Dudleys just put New Day over? I think they just put New Day over. I agree. I think they put New Day over. What I want to see from New Day is I want to see um, them have tag team titles. And I want to see Big E beat Ryback for the Intercontinental title. That's right. And I want to see them just... Trey's wanted Big E to hold the strap for a second. Right. I just want them as a faction with with all the titles. They're not going to have the world title. I want to see them as a faction with all the secondary titles. And maybe Sasha Banks joins New Day and has the the Divas title. Don't do that to Bay. Don't do that. What do you mean don't do that to Bay? Don't do that to Bay. Let her stand alone. I'm tired of seeing her with other people. Let her stand alone. Let's be real right now. Don't do that to Bay. Like, the women's Divas division on the main roster is still shitty. Like, like it, it doesn't even feel the same when you watch it. Putting Sasha Banks with the New Day is not really a bad idea. Not at all. I'm not mad at that shit at all. Uh, right. Let's not do it. Then she got to have like a stupid churchy gimmick too? Like, no. What? Like, she going to be the boss with the New Day? Yes. All, all right. right. All right. Just let her be the boss. Let's let's not ruin Sasha. Like, yeah, I think I think the, the WWE had a rough raw with the Divas segments. Uh, because the, the crowd wanted Sasha Banks. I think they want... Um, there's a lot of stuff going on there. They want Charlotte to be the new person. John Cena wants Nikki to hold the belt, and the most talented person on the roster is Sasha Banks. So they don't know they don't know what to do. So and they won't let them tell a story. That's the crazy thing. They won't let them tell their stories. And at the end of the day, that that's what people care about. Good wrestling will only take you so far. Yeah, I mean Sasha and Charlotte obviously can already build a story. They've done right. it before. Great matches. How you throw Nikki Bella in there? I, I don't know yet. Girl's just trash, yo. Yeah, let's she's just, let's just be she kind of takes their match a notch down, oh. but she's gonna have to step it up. And a three way title match is, is great because you don't see too many like good three way brawls from women. If it's not NXT, they had the four way match or whatever that was great down there with Bailey, Sasha, uh, Becky, Sh- Becky, and Charlotte. So you could do that, and Bella just has to hold her weight. She can't break the record. At this but point, she's not. She's not any. If if Char, if the WrestleMania match is not Charlotte versus Sasha Banks, then WWE is like shooting themselves in the foot. You give them twenty minutes, they're gonna steal the show. Yeah, Total Divas like runs that shit though. So Nikki Bella is going to be in the match because in Total Divas, like I said before, there are women who know nothing about wrestling that watch Total Divas every week and know what type of handbag Nikki Bella wears and what type of caviar she orders in Paris and stuff. And that's just a fact of it. So Vince is going to see dollar signs, and she's going to be in any Divas match that is WrestleMania. Yo, this well, I would, I would like, if it's a three-way match, I would like to be a, uh, an elimination match. 
and she's in it, and they eliminate her in two seconds, and then we get 20 minutes of um, Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that'd be great. Like, let's get Nikki out the paint. Back to this New Day shit right quick. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just sat there and watched a SummerSlam match with four tag teams with all minorities. Four Mexicans and four black people. Correct. Well, well, five. Five black people. If you want to count Xavier. So he's not black anymore. He just removed. No, he, he was nah. I was just saying, he wasn't in the match. He wasn't in the match. He played the trombone on goddamn Raw the next night. Like, like, but it was dope. But I'm, I'm. What, what is Vince thinking about all this? Like, all these black wrestlers are getting over. And now you brought in Apollo Cruz, which felt like a joke with his name. Like his entrance was dope, though. Well, he was happy. Yeah. Like watching Apollo Cruz enter the ring, he was happy. I felt genuinely happy. Just the green, the logo, every all that worked. So. Are we going to see a black champion in the next two years? What kind of champion? World heavyweight champion. Hell no. Dave, what's your thought? I think, I think Apollo Crews is probably the closest thing. We're, we're, I think he has the best shot at it. Um, I think he can, he can... I mean, what we're watching right now is, you know, the way we watch TV is different. Ratings are different. People are, watch, like, people are noticing that black people are talking about wrestling every single Monday night. Black people run Twitter. And when a, a WWE moment is trending, it's usually because black people tweet about it. So they are understanding the demographic. Also, uh, with the Hulk Hogan thing, people are going to start asking a whole lot of questions about your history. Yes, so I think they they're, gearing up, they're gearing up for a champion. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I think Apollo Crews might get that transitional champion role like between SummerSlam and Survivor Series or between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble next year. But he's probably the the the... The complete package, unless only other option is if uh, the new day just becomes nuclear hot and you can get put the belt on one of them for a couple months. I don't see new day getting it. Cruz, I think, is going to be NXT champion before WrestleMania. Cruz will hold the belt. Finn will be up. Uh, him and Joe might have a rivalry or something, but it's, it's going to be good. So Cruz will hold the NXT title, and then he'll come up and, and probably play that Ryback role, that IC champion, something like that. He's the best hope for a WWE title, but I don't see it. Not while Vince is still alive and kicking. Like, uh, to be honest, like I say that shit with a straight face. Like, while Vince is still here and Vince has the final stamp on it, he ain't getting it. Well, if it's I, Triple I, H, Triple H, Triple H will mess around and give him the belt. But I don't, I don't see it. Not until Vince is out of the picture. I don't think Vince is necessarily opposed to a black champion. I mean, I think he would have put the belt on Bobby Lashley if Bobby Lashley had any discernible skill whatsoever when he was in the WWE. I think he wanted Bobby Lashley to be the next guy, but um, you look at Apollo Crews, I mean, he's got that it factor. I think he can hold the belt um, probably towards the end of next year. That's Uh, quick. It is quick, but you know, strap a rocket on somebody's back. Last question. This is the last question. That's what we always say. We don't got no time. This is it. (laughs) Dave, we talked about this in the WrestleRap chat. I want to get your take on this. Why do we... Should we be calling The Rock a black heavyweight champion? Oh, my God. I can't... Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Let, Let Dave answer this. Yes, The Rock is a black champion. I mean, there's no other way to tell. I mean, his dad is black. His mother is Samoan. There is like 0% white in him. He's an African-American man. And you people say, well, he didn't represent, quote unquote, black culture. Like, why not? Because he wasn't like OT thug man and was like shooting people with pistols in the ring. I mean, the like, that's the thing. Like, Chris Rock always had the joke of like, the more successful Tiger Woods got, 
I think it was uh, Chris Rock, maybe Dave Chappelle. The more successful Tiger Woods got, the less black he got in the media. And that's sort of what The Rock was. Like, it was like he's so successful that now he's suddenly not black. But, I mean, you got to think about his history. Like, they put him in the black nationalist group. He's in the nation of domination. He was in the nation of domination. And then you undermine all the stuff he did as a minority in wrestling by saying he's not black. Like, they treated him like crap behind the scenes. He won the belt at Survivor Series. And Vince McMahon wanted him to be in the Kiss My Ass Club the next night on Raw. You know, and I think that some of the uh, success he's had, some of the backlash to his success has racial undertones. It's like a boy, you don't know your place type deal when he comes back to WWE and they act like he's too big for his britches and stuff like that. Like he's endured racism in wrestling. And to say that he's not black is undermining sort of the sacrifices he had to make. Yes, he has the benefit of being a. Um, third generation wrestler but the dude is black like that's there's no way around it yeah i yeah, think, I mean, I think the same. it's just it's just funny because I, when people talk about oh you haven't had a black heavyweight champion it's like well the rock was and because he doesn't carry certain stereotypical traits we say he's not but he's a brother if you even look real, at his playlist he's like come on man like they need to his, cut that out everything from his theme music to the way he talked to all that he was he was black he wasn't the stereotypical samoan dude like, they didn't have him, like, doing a fire twirl and, and a luau girls. Like, his whole thing when he went to The Rock and he had the glasses and he was cool, his whole swag was black. The entire thing he built his, his career on was black. He, yeah, he had I mean, a hip-hop flavor to him. Like, The Rock was legit. He wore Versace shirts, son. Right. He wore Versace shirts. Like, and how did Austin, how did Stone Cold send him to 316? On his pager, he had a pager clipped in his, <laughs> in his belt pocket in the middle of the ring. He's a blacker than that. <laughs> Yo, the whole the whole persona was black, so that's that's crazy to not consider him a black. Well, champion. it started with that dumbass Atlantic article about uh, like racism and wrestling, and saying there's never been a black champion because the author just didn't know what he was talking about. And the fact is, like, you can say wrestling is racist. And they had a black champion. Like, those two things can be true. That's and wrestling is very racist, and they've had a black champion. So, you know, those yeah. things are absolutely true. I mean, you've never seen Booker T before? Right. Never saw Ron? Like, you can't write that article. That's, that's hey, ludicrous. It, that, that's what happens, man. And we engage in these debates about who The Rock is and what he is, but why can't we just recognize what he is? He's African-American. He's Samoan. Why can't we just recognize it as that? I don't know what it's going to take for people to understand that. And it's not that big of a deal. I don't think anybody cares that much. My thing is, is for a black champion, what, what I don't like and I see a lot in WWE, to become a black champion, even divas, anything like that, usually you have to be a heel. Not too many faces who are black get the strap. Like, if you want to be a black champion, you are the heel. Rocky Maivia didn't win the belt. He became hot when he was Nation of Domination and then started being an asshole and he was Vince's boy for a second and then he could hold the title. Like, you got to be black and a heel to hold the belt. It's kind of that black women got attitude, black people are loud kind of stereotype. Once you get that, then you're good enough to be a champion because people can relate with that. A nice black person? People don't relate to nice black people. Can't give you the belt. And that's kind of the thing that rubs me the wrong way. I I can't remember a face... That was black who won a title. Any title. Well, I mean, Booker T was a face. 
Booker T with the whole King Booker and all this no, stuff? No, no, no. When he was in WCW, he was a face. Oh, don't count. I mean, WCW did a lot of shit that wasn't traditional. <laughs> I mean, I Rock, mean, Rock, cool. won, Rock yeah. won the belt as a face a couple times, you know. First time he held it, heel or face? First time he held he held it, he was a heel. All right. New um, day, heel or face when they had to take the belts? Well, but that that gimmick wasn't getting over as a babyface gimmick anyway. But they were here. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, anything other than white people is going to be seen as heels for most, you know, a lot of the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sasha Banks. Spanish. When, I mean, Eddie Guerrero. Right. I mean, Sasha Banks went out to the ring in NXT, and her, her you know, when nobody knew anything about her, they were chanting Sasha's Ratchet, which is about as racist as you can get. <laughs> <So. laughs> Indeed, indeed. Well, Dave, appreciate your time, brother. Um, drop some science on these folks. Let them know where to find you and your brilliant articles because you didn't give yourself no props on the intro. So, like, show some love to yourself. All right, you can catch me, David DTSS, on Twitter uh, and the uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find my wrestling writings on with spandex at Uprocks uh, and all other writings over at uh, Bossip and other random places. Is that, is that good enough? Now nah, that's great. You know the, the people right, want to cool. want to know where to find you. Just in case we got to get you back on the show. Just in case they got to air you out for your opinions. You know, right. people people try to go on Twitter and get at you for your opinions. It might just be me, but it's you. It's I'm you. just saying. So we got to drop drop where you are. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, though, man. More wrestling coming up, so we'd love to have you again. All right, great. It's been an honor to be on the show. Thanks. Yo, so it was good having Dave on talking wrestling, but we still have more stuff to talk about because it was packed and we didn't really get to like the nitty gritty of yeah. the wrestling matches. We didn't really break it down. I mean, we talked a little about TakeOver. I, I for one, I agree with Dave. TakeOver is better than SummerSlam. Um, I don't know, man. I was watching SummerSlam and I was just like, damn, this is long. Like the Orton-Sheamus match, I didn't care about. The, the four-way tag with New Day winning, I was actually thoroughly entertained by that match. But it, the pacing was weird. Like, the Divas Elimination Tag Match was whack. And it really hurt my feelings that they spent all this time with the Bailey sasha Banks story for them having such a great match to this really, really dry Divas Tag. This Divas Revolution shit got to stop. Yo, it's just it's too too jumbled up. Like, you can only have so many three-way, three-team matches. It's stupid. And then, like, every other time, like, someone wants to see Charlotte, then Charlotte's not in it because you only have the bad versus the Bellas. And then the next time you have the submission sorority, which isn't their name, but that's forever their name now. Yeah. Uh, versus the Bellas, and people are chanting Sasha Banks in the crowd. Like, it's time to just break them apart, let them go their own way. Uh, you can't have the NXT girls carrying these other scrubs anymore. That's, no. the, end of, that's the end of that. And the Bellas are whack. Like, we kind of talked about it with Dave, but, man, like, every time a Bella gets in the ring, everything slows down. It feels like the pacing is terrible. Bree whacker than Nikki. Yeah, Bree's, Bree's, she's whack. Which one of them on Total Diva said you whistle by sucking air? Did you, did anybody see this? No, because I did not watch Total Diva Yo, until my base, Sasha Banks, is on it. She should, if she's ever on that show, you should protest. It's over. If the moment Sasha Banks is on Total Divas, it's over. For her. I'm there for it. Nah, I'm good. I don't want to see her acting on any type of reality show. Some people just don't don't belong. But going back to that match, it's just I don't know. It just felt it was felt out of place. And then you followed it up with Cesaro and Owens, which was a good match. But I felt like everybody was burnt out. It felt like the crowd was completely burnt out by that point. So I didn't I didn't really agree with the the pacing match. I'm glad Kevin Owens won after taking the L against uh against Finn Balor in the ladder match, which, again, was a good match, but it felt like it was that ladder match was missing something. It was. Like, the ending kind of was just a little sketchy. 
But you tweeted that it would have been better if Owens would have laid flat on the ladder and we would have saw the coup de gras through the ladder. That, Perfect. That seems like that was what was supposed to happen, and Owens and bounced off. Went, yeah, it fell yeah, off. Like, oh, shit. And everybody looked around, and that's why Finn kept reaching for the belt because somebody was trying to make a signal for something. It's like, all right, we got to move Owens and just stomp him off the ladder. And it looked like when Owens was getting stomped off the ladder, he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because there's no way you could really slow down the momentum of somebody jumping off of like a 15-foot-high <laughs> ladder onto your chest. Mm-hmm. So, But it felt, I don't know, man. It's like Bailey and Sasha really stole that show. They did. And, and to me, Finn has like the look and the persona and everything. It's just his in-ring work now. You you know what you're going to get. You know the move set. You know the same couple moves. He's not like Kevin Owens who pulls out a different move every time. Or Seth Rollins that pulls out something different every time. We saw Sasha Banks even pull out something different. Yeah. yeah. And it it just didn't have that. Yeah. That, you know what? We'll just go on to TakeOver because, first of all, thank God Samoa Joe beat Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin legitimately sucks. He, that guy. <laughs> you were worried for a second, didn't you? That Baron Corbin was gonna go over on Samoa. Yeah, I, I, see, that would have been lights out. Like if, if Samoa Joe lost to Baron Corbin, that's that's it. He would have been Rhino status. Him and Rhino could have been a tag team. It's like I, we're just gonna put you guys over. Like that's the name of the tag team. The Watch Brothers. Yeah, we're just gonna put you over. The fact is that he won with the uh, the, the the rear naked choke. That was great. But they're trying to move away from the muscle buster, obviously. which is stupid. They need well, to keep the muscle Tyson buster. Kid and fucking Bret Hart are up in arms. And who cares? Whatever. Everybody gets hurt. Shit, I don't care. Keep doing the muscle buster. Ryback can still wrestle. Shit, you can keep doing That's what I'm saying. But it's like the pacing of that. Like, Baron Corbin sucks. And it makes you think, like, all right, so now we're running out of heels in NXT. Like, we're legit out of heels. Who's left? Uh, Tyler Breeze. He didn't look strong. He lost to a 50-year-old man. He did, with a beer belly. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Uh, That's about it. The match was great, by the way. But Owens has to come back down, or if he doesn't, Finn has to go heel. Because Atami is still there. So, like, Atami is going to be a face. And someone turned on him. So, the heel card is there. If you want to turn Joe heel for some reason and have a monster heel, which they love, just big guys being heels, you can do that and say he attacked Atami. And then you can have Finn Balor and Atami try to gang up on Joe while Joe is trying to get the belt. Or you can have Balor attack Atami, and then Balor is now the, the heel. It just it's, it feels weird right now. There's so many faces. Apollo Crews is a face. Samoa Joe is a face. Like, all the heels lost. I feel like everyone comes in as a face, though, right? Like, Sasha Banks came in as a face. They turned her. Well, yeah, but... Everyone besides Owens. But right now, it's like there are too many faces. There are legit... Too, like, Tyler Breeze is your only heel, and he lost. Corbin lost. Corbin sucks. He doesn't count. <laughs> Corbin's trash. Like, that guy, he's trash. Like... He got a strong push. Hey, the, and the Vaughn villains, like, okay, bringing out Blue Pants. I was pants. happy to see that. Yo, bringing out Blue Pants. pants. I follow her on Twitter, and, like, she does all the cosplay stuff. She's actually pretty cool. Like, if she wasn't just Blue Pants, like, if they let her do her other stuff, I understand, like, licensing and trademarks. Right. But Blue Pants is kind of weird. But with the Vaughn villains, it was dope. It, w- it was really dope. Blake and Murphy lost, which is, like, Blake and Murphy like, the most generic tag team ever. I don't mind Blake and Murphy. It's weird, like, super EDM. It's like Alexa, they needed Alexa Bliss, right? Yeah. They needed her, but them losing, it's like it's going to be weird because they got this tag team tournament coming up that's going to culminate in the next takeover in October. But Dusty Rose, yeah, tournament. It'll be, they're going to have to pull a lot of indie talent. I've heard that they signed Johnny Gargano and Thomas Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa, so perhaps they'll be a tag team. They're going to have to do something. There's not enough tag teams to have yeah. a tag team tournament. I mean, but Lucha Dragons will come back down for spot duty. Um, they'll bring back down the Ascension, who are doing nothing. 
They're terrible. When was the last time you saw the Ascension? They I don't, don't like superstars. I think they're on a live. I think they're doing a main event right now as we're doing this podcast or something. I saw that they're gonna get fed to the Dudley Boys. Oh, perfect. Yeah, fantastic. But they suck. We knew they suck. Yeah. Everybody knew they suck. So I mean, those guys will be back down. So you just play spot duty for a second. There, there's a new um, tag team that they've been working out. You talking about with Gable? Yeah. Oh Gable. no, not Gable. Uh, Gable and that kid. I actually like them as a tag team. They're pretty dope. Gable's actually really good. He reminds me of Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, no, the other dude who came back down from Who's Zach Ryder. Ryder. The Hype Brothers. Yeah. I hate them. That's a horrible tag team. But him and Mojo, be in it. Mojo Raleigh. Uh, oh, and then of course. A uh, big cast, they, and they, Enzo. They seem that they need to move up. They're in a place right now. They it were just doing doesn't a lot make, of superstar joints. Yeah, I heard. it just doesn't make it doesn't feel right that they're in NXT anymore. Like their gimmick is bigger than NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and no, it's, it's time. perfect. And, and it's time for them to go up. But maybe they win this, and then now they get the bump. Um, yeah, they haven't held the title, so that's what's so crazy. They're over, and they aren't champions. No, because their ring work is not that good. No, well, that's Cass more due and to Enzo. Enzo. I mean, Cass is not that good either. I like Cass. Cass is no worse than uh, primetime players do. Who? Titus O'Neil? Titus O'Neil, who finally fixed that damn move. Yeah, he did. Instead of just flinging the guy, he does a dope, like, knee breaker and then does it again and then flings him. So much better. Look, we'll we'll get back on that match in a minute because Darren Young actually showed out in that match, too. But going back to the takeover, the takeover card was really damn good. And, uh,. It culminated in a great ladder match. Uh, I think everybody went home happy. And then you rolled into SummerSlam, and you I was legitimately burnt out. A lot of people gave the praise to the uh, the the so okay. Before I even talk about Wade Barrett, there's a rumor that Wade Barrett has left WWE. That's floating around right now. And if Already? he did, yeah, if he did, more power to him because they're completely misusing Wade Barrett. He's he's just losing. He won the King of the Ring, and they've done shit with him since. I'd be, I wouldn't be mad if he went lost. But uh, where does he go, though? I don't care. Take some bookings somewhere else. Like, go to Lucha. I don't know, but they're just not using him right in the WWE. It's very true. The, 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 uh, the Neville and Stephen Amell match, it was, people liked it. Marcus was, ruined Neville for me, by the way. Neville! Neville! That's, That's all I think about every time. It's, but uh, that match, it was cool. Like, Neville's in a weird spot right now where... The fact that we have to watch the big show and Ryback and Miz fight for a title and Neville's doing like a tag team with the Green Arrow is kind of stupid. Like Neville should be, there needs to be like a intercontinental title tournament of some sort. Yeah, Neville's ready to hold a belt. Which gets me to another point. Like Rollins holding two? I like it. it. He has to, that means he's not lethal though. That means he has to defend them twice at Night of the Champions. He has to defend both titles at Night of the Champions. Oh, so he got to drop one. Maybe. Maybe not. So you get like Randy Orton winning. No. Sting versus Rollins is what's going to happen in Night of the Champions. Yeah. The U.S. title might be Cena. Rollins can... Cena takes it back? That's not bad. Maybe. Maybe not. He walks out 2-0? Yo, I don't... Like, give Rollins everything right now. Give him... The whole Jay Lethal approach to it is like, yo, the roster is too big. Like, it works in ROH. And Dude, he it works here. It and... The roster's too big. No, nope. everybody need d- titles. No, like, like who? They don't need them. Owens if, needs a title. No, he Cesaro doesn't. Cesaro could use a title. No, he doesn't. When your other only major title is on someone like Ryback, that's and then fine. You have someone holding two, it's ridiculous. The, then, but you need a title boosts somebody. Owens doesn't need a boost. If he he doesn't need a Cesaro doesn't necessarily need a boost unless it's the IC title. But Rollins holding two titles and being your douchebag champion. 
chicken shit champion, but still manages to hold all these titles. I'm not mad at it's this. It's the same at all. Jay Lethal approach when Jay Lethal has like four it's people different. helping him. It's different. Lethal won clean. No, he did win clean. Like he, move by he, that. That he was be, smart. He beat Jay Briscoe clean, and people know that Jay Lethal can wrestle in ROA. So that it's much different. Rollins is like people the, don't know Rollins can go. They know Rollins can go, but this is theater. This is WWE. ROH is all about wrestling. WWE is, is is half wrestling, half drama, and half theater. Well, that's that's five, that's yeah, three that's, halves. Yeah, that's that's too many halves. But <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that Rollins is a guy who can. I hate that he's not winning clean. I hate it. But he's a guy that can carry two belts, and I'm not. I, I see no problem with it because I can see him legitimately carrying two belts if he was a face. We touched on it earlier. What was your favorite match of the week? Um. Yeah. Well, outside of the. I mean, of course, Banks Bailey, and Bailey, yeah. but um. Man, it's, I had like I love, and it wasn't my favorite, but the the four way tag team match with New Day and PTP and yeah. Lucha Dragon, I love that match because I thought it was going to be terrible. Lesnar and Undertaker over delivered, like like Definitely. they, but um that 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 tag team match was great because I just didn't think it was going to be that good. I thought it was going to suck, and that match ended up being a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of weird, but I guess I would put. Uh, Rollins, Cena up there. Even though I hated the ending, you chop off the ending, I'm perfectly fine with it. Like the ending just ruined that whole shit for me. Um, so it's hard to put that as the second best match, but I'll, I'll probably have to agree with Dave and just say it was that ladder match, just because the build up in the arena and everything was so perfect. Like Finn's entrance, Kevin Owens faking like he's asleep and like disinterested in the chair. When, like, the whole demon shit pops off and then them just going into it and then the theater to go get the ladder and then they end up with two ladders. And even the ladders are, like, decorated and taped. And then you have them putting stuff together. And it it seemed like it was well told and well thought out. The botch at the end didn't bother me. The coup de grace off the top of the ladder is cool. It's a good moment. Like, in, I guess, when watching it live, it was like, okay, like, it, it was all right. But when you get, like, the still picture and the still frame and you just see Finn all the way up in air, both legs tucked, and you see Owens laying down, that's going to be a great picture. That's going to be, an art, like, an NXT moment right there through history. So uh, that was probably my second favorite of the weekend. Well, see, this is my, my problem with that match. The problem is I've watched too many Kevin, Kevin Steen matches that were ladder matches. And I've seen, I've seen the work that this guy can do in a ladder match. And so it was very protected ladder match. It was very, you know... Let's move at, you know, let's move. Let's go to the speed limit in this match. Let's not take it too far. Two fights in two days. Three I, and three. I, I know. But three and three days. I, I, give it to, I give it to Kevin Owens. I, I think he's the best heel in the business right now. He's a bona fide heel who can legitimately win, and nobody would say boo. The, it's just that ladder match in a vacuum without having to consider Raw and SummerSlam, it was average. I've seen great ladder matches. This wasn't great. It was really good. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. No, I've, I've seen, seen Balor work better. I've seen Owens work better. It almost felt like it was like, all right, let's let's go half speed so you don't get hurt. So it was good. I I don't know. Like the Rollins, the Rollins Cena match probably was my second best match that week because Rollins, of course, he, the guy can go. Yeah, he he, he can one hundred percent wrestle. Transition his into the AA was just oh, insane. The, and the smiley ad on his face. It's funny that we go back and look at the Shield and we think. What are they going to do with Seth Rollins? He looks like the odd man now. Ambrose has all the charisma. Roman Reigns has the muscle. And then, like, Rollins just exploded on the scene. But people saw it when, if you watch ROH. Like, if you watch, like, their old, like, Ohio. Drama. Well, yeah, you watch the OVW stuff, but you watch him as Tyler Black in ROH. And you, he was always there, but nobody knew that personality was there. Yeah. 
Like the when we'll go to Raw now. When Seth Rollins said, "Are you ready?" Like the DX, yeah. yo, he <laughs> he gets it. Like Rollins gets everything right now. He knows exactly when to kind of play to the audience and then pull it back. So going back to Raw, the Dudleys, the Dudleys coming out, crazy. I lost my shit. I, listen, I was throwing shit. I I couldn't believe it. So great that they're back. And like I was going through everything with them. I was like chest slap. Get the table. I was wilding out. Yeah, I loved every moment of it. it but it, the thing that was made it even better is that New Day was so great before that. With Xavier Woods playing the trombone, Biggie doing his dance, like, yo, everything about that match was great. And then the Dudley boys came and just took I for a minute, for a small minute, when Xavier Woods was standing outside of the ropes and he was looking like there's three of us, I was waiting for Spike Dudley to come out. Oh, that would have been yeah, so Yeah, I dope. was waiting for Spike Dudley the to come running, out. running like yeah, I was. I thought it was like there's three of us and there's two of you. What are you gonna do? And I thought Spike was gonna come out. Then I really lost my shit. But <laughs> good enough. They came back. Um, Primetime st- players. It was dope. Like to see yeah. them like get in their face. And- Titus only was pretty good on the mic too. Him and JBL yeah. John back and forth, and Titus keep dissing JBL. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. That's uh, a good dynamic. I mean, Lucha Dragons. You put them in any type of match. I- I'm sure we'll see a TLC match here in a second between those three teams. Primetime players, Dudleys, and see, New I- Day. I don't know if it probably, like Darren Young's ready. Titus needs some work. Titus is like Kane in a ladder match. He's not climbing the ladder. He's not going anywhere near the ladder. He might use it on you, but he'll never climb that yeah, shit. Yeah, nah. He'll just run into people with that shit. And he's going to get put through a table. He's never going to be asked. No, never. To climb the ladder in anything. No. If anything, he boosts Darren Young like on his shoulders and take like three steps up the ladder. Yeah. With him reaching. And then, you know, you get like some crazy Dudley ass move off of that. Yeah. So we also have the return of Sting, which, okay. I just want to put this out there. Why was Sting, when he came out, when he revealed Sting? In the box. <laughs> why did he look like he's already been in a match? Because his face paint was, was already peeling. Gone. Yeah, like, yeah, like it was mad hot in that box. But it was a it sweat was, box. It wasn't like smeared. It was like rubbed off. Like he had been scratching his ball spot. Like, I that don't understand. Itchy. Like, have you been in a box? How long was he in that? Yo, he was in there standing for a long time. Like, there was a whole promo cut. The shit had to be wheeled to the ring. Arthritis set in Like he was just He had nothing to do He's just sitting there He's thinking about his lines and shit He's just rubbing his head Trying to remember And then he forgets He got the the face paint on All the way up To his fucking hairline His hairline's in the middle of his head He got the face paint All the way to his hairline And so he's just rubbing his head Like damn And the face paint comes off What are you supposed to do Repaint it I don't know The Sting reveal was good I, um, it, it's it, all right. I don't like that angle But it sets up Triple H versus Sting Which I guess is going to be The Wrestlemania play Maybe Maybe not I don't Like I really don't know Where they're going with this I think They've always wanted to put A title on Sting Because he's here And it's like Let's try it out It's like when Ric Flair Won the title years ago It's like You know he's not going to Hold it for very long He's going to yeah. get his ass beat The next match But Sting's never held The WWE championship Fine Whatever If they give it to him Against Rollins And some Tricky or have like a dusty finish where you think he won and he's holding up the belt and we get that photo up like Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose. and you, you take oh, it away from him. I'm fine with that. I'm <laughs> fine with that. I like I just want to see Sting hold the title. I don't necessarily need him to defend it. Give it back. Well you could win it, lose it the next night on Raw. There's a number of things that can happen. You know, it just depends on the, the route they're going with Seth Rollins holding this title. Um there was something else I wanted to talk about on Raw. Oh, Brock Lesnar destroying Bo, Bo Dallas. Dallas. Oh my god. Bo leave and Heyman's promo and Heyman talking shit to Bo Dallas and like just walking down the ring he's just like Brock one at five yeah just, just one <laughs> just for me for me like that shit was great 
Okay, so let's let's just talk about it before we get out of here and talk about some other shit. Um, the finish. We didn't talk about it with David. Like we haven't talked about the finish at SummerSlam. The finish that really left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. It's great. That like perfect way to end that because that's a shitty way to end that. Undertaker wins, and that's what everyone needed in the record books. It goes down to Undertaker win, but he did tap. So Brock doesn't look weak. He taps. It, it, it was bad. Well, it was genius. It was it was poorly executed. Okay. Let me let me because it was poor. Like not that it was a bad idea, but to have the timekeeper, who if I remember correctly, he couldn't. I don't think he could have seen the tap either from where he was sitting. No. To have him ring the bell and then Charles Robinson jumps up and he's all confused and the low blow. The way it was handled was piss poor. They should have just brought another referee out there arguing with him after the match or something of that nature. The ringing the bell thing, because if you've ever been to a wrestling live event, you don't get commentary. So you have no idea what's going on. So when they rang the bell, you know, like, mad pe- everybody in Brooklyn was like, the fuck just happened? Yeah. The low blow and then the middle finger. It felt like anticlimactic at that point. Okay. Because we were confused. The idea was great. I just thought it was executed horribly. It was well played on Raw, though, because it, it made for a great promo by Heyman and Brock can still look like a beast and look pissed off, and you go about your merry little way. I just, what do you do? Like, take, okay, obviously Taker's not coming back anytime soon. Maybe not so obvious. I don't think he, he can just keep, he's a special attraction. You can't get, just use him at Night of the Champions. You use him at maybe Hell in a Cell. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's weird because he's, kind of, he's a heel in a way now because of this. Because of the low blow the and the finger. tapping. Like, he did everything very heelish. So to have him meet Lesnar again in a Hell in a Cell match, I don't know what it does for either of them in that kind of a match. Like, I don't know if, like, Lesnar going over on Taker does really anything for him. It doesn't really elevate him. He's already the beast. If Taker wins, he's viewed as, you know, you lost, and you're kind of a heel. Like, the momentum going into Mania, how do you play this match going into Mania? Because Taker can't go into Mania weak if, no. he, if he faces Lesnar beforehand. If It's so rough because... If you see Taker again before Mania, he has to get crushed. And whether it's Hell in a Cell and he's carted off in an ambulance or if it's a buried alive match and he's buried, then you can play the whole angle of resurrection again, dead man, last hurrah. He's tired. That's that's his only stick. Like that's that's how you bring him back and that's how you save him for, and make him strong again after a weak moment. Now if you just like, okay, cool, let's just forget about you. That's a pretty shitty image to leave in people's mind for like six months. It's just hard. Like I said, it's a, it's a lot to risk. Like if you bring him back and he loses, you don't you can't go into Mania week, especially if it's your last WrestleMania. Can't go into Mania week, but you can't really go over on Lesnar and make him look weak either in a Hell of a Cell match. There has to be something fishy that's gonna happen that's gonna ruin this entire match. I don't know. I kind of just don't even want to see it happen. I just don't know how you do it. Like. Undertaker's, I mean, the collapse was a work. We no, I don't want to see him anymore. Like, I, I didn't want to see him in this one, and he surprised me. You can only surprise me so many times. Like, I'm good. I, I'm okay with Taker. Like, his legacy is cemented. I would like to see him show up and be inducted into the Hall of Fame automatically and walk off. Let him be. Yeah, he's got to wrestle at Mania. He has to. Well, induct him and let him wrestle afterwards like Ric Flair, and then you're done. Well, yeah, this is it. This is the last. This is the and last then, round. who does he wrestle? Like, if he doesn't wrestle Brock, who does he wrestle? I, I've loved the idea of him wrestling Cena. I've loved it forever because they've never 
as far as I can remember, I don't think they've ever had a pay-per-view. Everyone wants before. that, though. It's, that's why you should give it to us. Yeah, like, everyone wants, in the regard of every wrestler wants that last taker match. Yeah. So everyone's going to be clamoring for it. Like, I want to be Taker's last match, regardless. Uh, I heard an interview with Finn. Finn was like, I would love my debut to be yeah, Mania no, versus Taker. It, it's, seen as, it's seen as match. Like, that. that is... If Cena will go over to him. So Cena, Cena He can lose. do the job. Care. I'm do just saying. Job. Easy. It's like, like we just talked about with Dave. Either you turn Cena heel in that match, or Cena just loses clean. And, and and that's the one person that you could say he's not too strong for Undertaker, and he's not somebody you just like. Oh yeah, he's gonna lose. There is legit curiosity on who wins and who loses that match. No, definitely. Um, it's just weird how how to get that build up going. Like, and then now, like you said, Taker's a little heelish. So that's does what I'm that keep Cena the face? It, it, what happens is you like you go into the Rumble because you know this starts at the same time. You go into the Rumble every year. The Rumble starts, and perhaps you do it like this, hypothetically. Cena's like Cena's talk. You, it always happens like you start talking about the streak before it happens. You start talking about opportunities you didn't have. So Cena talks about it in like December, and you know how Lesnar ruined this or Lesnar ruined whatever. He wants he wants another t- shot at the title. Whoever has it, Taker caught Cena at the Rumble. Cena's shot at getting the sixteenth world title, and that's how you build it. All right, and, and you build and I mean Undertaker Cena for a few months of build just talking to you, just talking shit. Would be great. Cena was basically carrying a lot of the the Rock promo for a year by himself. He did. He can do the same thing with Undertaker. And whoever gets the Undertaker match is going to have to just yeah. carry that. Yeah. Um. So that's our wrap up of wrestling. We talked about everything. We had a great guest on. Now we're going to go to break. When we come back from break, we have another guest from you. Yes, man. For y'all that watch the Power Season in, and my man Rotimi's on here. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um. And he, my man's a boxing fan. So he's going to talk about Kodo and Canelo a little bit too. I know. We talked about it offline. He's excited about that fight. So stay with us. We'll talk about that. You get your fix about power. A little bit of information about season three, too. Stay tuned. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life. I gotta make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come up hard. I never took a straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. And we got a special guest here on the corner. My dude. Met him a couple years ago, and I've, he's been on the grind. Man, can you introduce yourself to these people? Hey, what's up, everybody? I go by the name Ro Timmy, um, a.k.a. Dre from Power. Uh, I'm an artist, singer, songwriter. I got a song out now called Lotto, featuring 50 Cent. About to start filming season three. And um, yeah, man, Jersey boy. Uh, what else y'all want to know about me? <laughs> See, the thing is, y'all don't even know this cat's super talented. I seen him. I met you at Sundance for Imperial Dreams, and yeah. we kept in touch since then. And it's good to see that you uh, that everything's kind of blowing up for you, man. That this season of Power was nuts. Oh man, it was a blessing from God, man. You know, honestly, it's um, it's just incredible to see how people gravitate towards it. Like people really plan their Saturdays and the rest of their weeks around something like this. So to be a part of something like that is amazing. It kind of feels like the finale was our Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, so let's get in. Let's get go back a little bit and talk about how you landed the role. Um, I interviewed you recently uh, for a publication that hasn't even run. It's about to run called Ozzy. 
Uh, yeah, so you talked yeah. about that you ran, you was uh, going out for the part in Empire and ended yeah. up doing Power. So talk about that a little bit and how you got this role. Well, you know, first I just want to say, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Um, and I have to understand that, you know, even nothing is guaranteed until you sign the dotted line in any situation. So um, that was kind of the situation over there. You know, they, they, they promised certain things and Fox has believed in me and loved me for what I had done. But, you know, last minute they decided to go elsewhere. You know, the unfortunate thing was I kind of like turned down other things because I had I thought I had the idea for or I had an idea that I, I got it. But, you know, I don't fault them. They found something that worked for them. But, um, yeah, I auditioned a couple months after for for uh, Power, just like everybody else did, and um, made it to the final round where it was just, you know, stars and the Lions Gate and everybody. And, um, and yeah, it, it was, it was the rest is history, man. The rest is, you know, where we at now. So when you auditioned for the, did you know you were going out for the role of Dre or you just auditioning for a part at the time? I knew who Dre was because they give you like a write-up of the character, but not to the extent that I knew once I had gotten the role or actually um, when I made it to that final round, they told me the arc of the story, um, his, his, his character arc and everything. So I knew that it was going to be a, a, a role that was going to be around for a while, but I didn't know exactly like truly who he was and you know what he was to the story. So, I mean, Dre was like a super mysterious character. And he's like mad dark, didn't say a whole lot in the beginning, yeah. but he was yeah. like cutthroat. I mean, you kind of, you played a drug dealer before in Boss. Yeah. And how, how was this role different than some of the other roles that you've tackled? Um, you know what it is? Like, how's this one, how's this one different? Yeah. Um, this one's different because when I played uh, Darius in Boss, it was a softer side of him, you know, that immediately took on. He was in love. It was like a Romeo and Juliet type of story. So I kind of focused on that. And my, 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 um, my, my, what I focused on was making sure people felt bad for him and hated her. Mm -hmm. You know, the irony of it. This one, power, he's cutthroat. You don't know him too, too well. He's coming from a place of just straight anger. You know, he doesn't really... Um, you don't really get to know him until the end of the end of the season, where now the vulnerability starts happening. So it's kind of like reverse, where boss was softer to harder. This is now you know harder to to softer, but it gets real complicated. So I think it's probably the most complex role I've been a part of. Yo, I haven't really seen soft from Dre. Yo, here you go. As the season progressed, you know, like, I, I shot two texts. I was wondering, I was like, man, is Dre going to make it? Like, because you uh, see him around, and it's like, damn, man, he, like, you want to know more about him, but you never yeah. know what series, where what's going to happen to Cash. Right. For you, like, you knew he was going to last, but as you was, you know, reading the, the responses via Twitter and social media, yeah. well, how were people responding to your, your performance in, in that character? I mean, everybody, I mean, you know, humbly saying it, everybody thought it was really good, you know, and, um, Everybody was just the fact that everybody's like, yo, I don't know if he's with Kane or Ghost is that means I did my job because that's how I was supposed to play it. Like I want you to not know, does he really like Ghost? Does he really like Kane? Does he really care for either of them? Like I wanted you to be in that and it's coming across, man. When I started seeing my my Instagram blow up, like every two minutes is another three thousand people. That's when I started realizing, okay, this is real, and you start becoming more MCMs and Bays and all type of, <laughs> all type of craziness, you know. 
So it's been it's been dope, man. And um, from what I've seen, it's been nothing but love. And I think people are really excited. Yo, but I mean, you know, for those who are listening and haven't watched the season finale, it's tough luck, buddy, because I'm about to talk about this. Um, um, <laughs> at the end, I'm still not even sure if Dre is with Ghost. I mean, like, uh, do I mean, do you know exactly what's going on? You got to wait till next season too. Oh no, no. Well, you know, we have an amazing creator of the show, Courtney Kemp Agbo. So she um sent us a, a write up mm. of um of season three and broke down to us the motives, you know, um what exactly we wanna get across in the character, where we're going, who we side with, you know, and um I'm a I'm I'm very aware of it. I'm very aware of it. But I, and it's funny because I really want to talk about it, but I can't <laughs> say too much, you know what I mean? Yo, yeah, because, I mean, people want to know. So let's also talk about the season finale a little bit, too, because, I mean, yo, Jamel Hill and, and they were talking about it on ESPN. It's been talked about everywhere. Yeah, they were talking about it. Yo, and you know what's crazy, man? That's my favorite show. And I knew it was real when one on on first take and his and hers, they mentioned Dre. And, and when Jamel, they actually tweeted me saying, like, they're huge fans of the show and they love my character. So, and anybody who knows me knows that like sports is my thing. So to be talked about on there and, and everything, it was dope, man. So, shout outs to them. Yeah. So, so the season finale. Uh, one of the questions yeah. that I do have, and I thought it was interesting, is like there was so much that was happening, right? Yeah. And Kanan lived, and I thought that was wild that Kanan got through. How do you know he lived? Because uh, he didn't, because he wasn't there no more, bro. Right. <laughs> like he made the great escape through the fire. Like right. dog, he's like Superman. Oh, um, I mean, yo, I know you can't give up too much on season three, but Which one God, Which one God damn, he's got to be coming back with a vengeance after this. I mean, yo, if you got burnt up, man, what would you do? <laughs> be salty as hell. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, hey, you know, I don't think he's gonna try to kind of shake anybody's hands, you know. Yeah, man, how much more complicated can this shit get? It's man, like there's so much going on. It's literally the level of complication is probably at like a seventeen percent out of a hundred. Y'all haven't seen anything yet, man. Come on, man, you going? You hurting me? You hurting me with that? <laughs> I'm just letting you know, bro. Woo! All right, so what? What I want to ask you, man, is is yeah. I know you, and you know you're like you smile. You're a happy dude. Yeah. You had to be ultra grimy. I don't think you cracked a smile the whole goddamn season. I wanted to smile, man. But, you know, he, he uh, he's not that type of guy. And, uh, oh, are you asking me a question? No, I was going to say, like, shifting yeah. that gear and just, like, like, I mean, it wasn't that you weren't just smiling. It was, like, the permanent snarl that, like, yeah. somebody ruined your life years ago. So, is, is there going to be some more backstory, Andre, that we're going to learn about that explains why he's the way he is? Oh, 100%, man. You know, like... Uh, all I can say is I'll be definitely working a lot next season because um, I just can tell by the schedule they gave us. So in all that, you'll understand a lot of Dre. you understand the relationship with him and his daughter. You know, you understand his motive and what's going on. You'll start seeing his similarities to certain characters. It, 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 for me, I had to kind of channel... Um, I had to kind of channel what I saw when I was younger, like with people I grew up with. You know, I grew up with in a great neighborhood, but certain people just had, like, the anger in them, you know, and they were my friends, and usually my parents would take these type of people in, and I would just see the, the negativity and anger in their, in their heart. So I remember that, and I would kind of just channel that, 
and bring it to where I am because I'm I'm not that dark of a person, but I've been through things in my life as well too that certain certain emotions can you know get that out re- reveal that so it's just pulling from that man and, it was, and I tried one time you know um, Kelsey Grammer taught me a method you know that when you're um, when you're angry and want to stay angry you take a cold shower during the day like when you wake up take a cold shower and that feeling of just pain like yo what the hell am I doing maintain that for the scene remember that actual feeling. And so that kind of, you know, method acting a little bit kind of just, you know, brought the best out of Dre. That's kind of dope, man. So let, let's talk about what you got coming up in the future. I want to talk yeah. still about some film stuff. Like I always mentioned Imperial Dreams because I, I thought it was so damn phenomenal and a lot of cats don't know about it. First yeah. of all, is there a date for this movie yet? Um, you know what? It's funny, man. We actually talked to them a couple of days ago, and uh, it's going to be 2016. You know, John Boyega, my brother, man, he's one of my best friends. He uh, he's the lead of Star Wars, so they right. wanted to wait till that comes out, and then they were actually waiting as well to see the success of what Power would do for me. So you know the marketing dollars and stuff like that. So but you don't need you don't need me if you got Star Wars. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, so 2016 is coming out. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but early in the year. Yeah, I mean, y'all about to strap the rocket to both of y'all backs. Y'all about to take off. I mean, I, oh, I guess the timing yeah. can't be better with that, then, right? Oh, man, it's the perfect timing, man. And I got another movie with Lorenz and them coming around the same time. I think that they want to do it. So, you know, this guy is good, bro. And that's called Deuces. Let's talk about what's that about. So Deuces is like a mixture of Ocean's Eleven and um, and Inside Man. Okay. It's like, and, and, and like Takers, you know. It's one of those, it's, it's about Lorenz Tate and me, Lorenz Tate, and Rick Gonzalez. We play... Um, we play like these traffickers who are just extra fly. And um, the FBI, CIA, CIA, everybody can't bring us down. So they send Lance Gross to infiltrate our group. But then he becomes one of us and he loves the life. So you start seeing his, you know, breakdown and the core of who he is. And it's dope, man. One of us ends up being a mole. So you just start seeing the, 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 uh, the craziness of it all. Damn, brother. Um, when when I interviewed you, you said this. Have you gotten the the like the the uh, romance comedy role yet? When is this being offered to you? Man, you know, I, I <laughs> that is the goal. I'll keep putting that out in the air. You know, I, I want people ask me all the time, like, yo, what kind of movie do you want to do, man? What's your dream role? Honestly, and you can laugh or whatever, but like something like a different version of like the Notebook would be so dope to me because that's a classic that everybody has seen or heard about. And it's just, you know, channels true emotion, man. Like, I love dramas like that, romantic dramas or romantic comedies. But hopefully in 2016, when I finish filming season three, we can work on that somehow. Bro, if you wasn't a bay to these chicks doing this, if you did the notebook, good God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what's that? All right, so let's let's talk about the the music, man. The music's on on deck. So you got an EP coming up. It's it's a long time coming. Uh, So let's talk about that, man. You you with G-Unit, right? Yeah, we're working some things out over there, man. You know, it's um it's 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 a beautiful situation, um, for me to to have a platform, man. Like and anybody who else knows me, I've been working on this project for years and years and years because one, the stigma of being an actor, singer or whatever that people, you know, wanna break down, 
you know, I wanted to fight through that and make sure my project is flawless. And I just want them to see that, yo, this dude is just a total package. He's talented. Take out the boxes. So I wanted to, you know, foolproof that. And so it's taking time. And um, we released Lotto right now. It's doing well. You know, about to hit radio. It's already got some placements. It's all it's on first take right now, ESPN and and um, the show and different places. And um, and it's doing well. But the project itself is so dear to me. It's like my baby, man. And, like, I'm finally done recording. And y'all will get that. And you'll just hear my story of who I am at this point in my life. So it's pretty dope. Okay, what do you have a... Uh... An idea of what the next joint's gonna be that's coming off of that? Uh, we actually know we actually having a music meeting about it next week. Uh, so I have my idea. Um, the label has their idea as well, and we kind of agree on it. So we'll just see, you know, um, you know what the head honcho feels too. Okay, cool, cool. So now we're gonna shift gears because this podcast is hip hop, boxing, MMA, and pro yeah. wrestling, and I know you like boxing, bro. So yes, sir. <laughs> um, right off the top, man. Floyd Mayweather's getting ready to fight Andre Berto. What are your thoughts on this fight? There's a lot of people that are mad critical on Floyd, like myself, for fighting Andre Berto. Um, respect to Berto. I think he's an amazing fighter. Personally, would be would this be the fight that I would want to see? Um, no, honestly, I I, I feel like I'm a, um, a Canelo fan, and I'm a Cotto fan too. So I would have had him wait to see the winner of that to fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my 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 opinion because that's going to be an epic battle. So I feel like whoever des- whoever wins that deserves that. But Berto's dope, man. Like, and again, boxing is one of those things where you don't know anybody can get knocked out at any point in time. So you know, I, I, I I'm excited for the fight. I think it'll be good. But you know, I think Floyd's gonna take it. I mean, come on, son. Like, this is Andre. We ain't even got to be PC about this. We we know Andre Berto ain't got nothing for Floyd. I mean, he, Floyd just I beat Pacquiao. Hey, you never know, bro. You never know. You never know. Because it might be that one hit. You know, Berto, Berto got, a, got, a, got a dope-ass power, you know, power punched out. So, I don't know. Yeah, nah. I don't know. <laughs> I think Floyd will win. I'll say that. But anything is possible. So, Floyd's also, you know, everybody talks about where he lands on the greatest of all time list. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts, man? He, I know he, he calls himself number one. Obviously, that's what you're supposed to do. But do you have him in your top ten all time? Oh, top ten easily. I have okay. him in my top, my top three. Really? What's your yeah. top three then? I don't have an order, but I will say personally as who I love to watch in my lifetime mm-hmm. that I've seen even highlights as well, I'd say Muhammad Ali, then I... Not in order. I'd say Floyd, then I'd say Mike Tyson. Those are my favorite three. Um, I like them all differently. I think what Floyd has done for the game can can arguably make him the greatest because he literally is undefeated and has changed the game and you know has you know financially taken boxing to another level. Uh, but again, Muhammad Ali had a whole culture behind him and you know a whole race you know behind him. So. It's between those two, Mike Tyson again, you know, knockout king, but those three, man, I think those are like the pillars. So, I mean, but, you know, and honestly, for you, it's, it's what you've been able to see and what you like. That's, that's how your, your top three comes about then, right? Yeah. You're not into that whole game where it's like, you know, like Willie Pep, because you've never seen a fighter like Sugar Ray Robinson. I don't know who Willie Pep is. Is that his name? <laughs> his name? Yeah, Willie Pep. Yeah, Willie, I have like, no idea. I mean, no, the spiders don't know who that is, so I can't say he's the greatest. If you show me, like, three hours of his tape, I'd be like, yo, dude is probably the greatest. But I don't know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know who the guy is in terms of, you know, um, literally watching him. 
See, and that's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of cats out here that start throwing around names, and they just uh, ain't seen them fight before. They just going off a thing. Nah, you gotta keep it real, man. I can only go by from what I've seen in terms of what I personally seen, not by saying no, oh, he's the best because of what I've heard. Mm-hmm. What I've seen, I think those three are the best. So uh, heading into the next weekend, we got a, there's a couple fights. Um, Abner Mars is fight, fighting Leo Santa Cruz, and Shane Mosley's fighting Ricardo Mayorga again mm-hmm. after like seven, eight years. Eight years, yeah. <laughs> Can you give your thoughts on either of those fights? How do you feel about either of them? I think Shane is dope, man. I think he's all, an all-time great, too. And I, I'd want to see him win, man. I think I think, um, I think, for his age and I think for what it stands for boxing, it will be good to see him win. And, and he got a heart of a champion. He's the only one that almost took down Floyd, honestly, you know? Mm-hmm. So out of that respect, I think, I think he's the man for that fight, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shane, I talked to Shane the other day. He told me he wants another run at Floyd and Manny Pacquiao because he said he was hurting both of those fights. He said he was injured. You believe this, Cat? Uh, nah, nah. <laughs> I yeah, love Shane, bro. man. But I'm just when he told me that, I was like, yo, you were yeah. hurting both of those fights? Come on, bro. Nah, bro, I don't know. I know, I know, I know you was hurt during the fight. <laughs> Before the fight, you know, but, you know, but, you know. All right, there's two other, two other fighters I want to talk about. What's, yeah. what's, your, what's your thoughts on Gennady Golovkin, Triple G? Me and my man Glasses Malone argue every week if he's the real deal, if he's a fraud. What's your thoughts? I'll say this. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he'll touch Floyd at all. Well, I, don't think, I don't think he's... I think he's dope, but I think it's overhyped a little bit. Damn, you on that road too, man. Damn. Gotta find you think, somebody you think he's the truth? Huh? You think he's the truth? I think Gennady Golovkin's the truth. 385 fights, amateur and professional, never been knocked down in his life. Never been knocked out. Silver medalist I, in the Olympics. Man, that's a strong dude right there. Who's he, who's he, who's he fighting next? He's fighting um, uh, David Lemieux in October and at, at the Garden. Actually, you need, you're asking to be there for that one, but that's at the Garden. That's at the Garden? Yep. Well, actually, my man's works at the Garden now. Yeah. Are you going to be there? I might be, man. I might have to take that trip out there, bro. I hey, might man, have to do that. Come rock with your boy, man. I'll be filming, so I'm going to definitely need to break. Yeah, I mean, shit. Why? Are you coming out here for the Mayweather fight? When is that one? September what? September 13th? September 12th. I'll be filming, bro. Man, they got to give you a break just to come out hey, for a Floyd man. weekend in Vegas, man. You ain't seen what it's like when Floyd gets down to Vegas. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean... I grew up in Vegas in the Mike Tyson era, and that, that shit was crazy. That's when I saw see Pac at the casino and Suge Knight and them. This uh, is like uh, the equivalent, man. Like, Floyd brings him out. He brings him out for real. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You got to make that trip. Last one, man. Cotto and Canelo just got signed. And Woo. that's the joint I've been waiting for. Forget I'm waiting else. for that, bro. Woo. So what's your thoughts, man? Cotto or Canelo? Canelo's the young Canelo. scrap. Canelo. Canelo. Yeah. Oh, you, ain't, you ain't even let me finish the question. Nah, Canelo, bro. I think, I think the only person in the world that can beat Canelo is Floyd. Damn. Yeah, he's that ill, bro. I think he's that ill because I remember seeing him. I forgot who he was fighting, but it was an under undercard for um for Floyd maybe like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and that was when I was like, yo, this dude is the truth, man. Like the truth. He he got the total package. It's just he got schooled by the great one, but I don't think anybody else could beat him in the game. Man, so okay, okay. give me official projections, man. Cotto and Canelo, do you think it goes the distance or Canelo knocks him out? Um, I feel like I feel like Canelo will knock him down, mm-hmm. but it'll go the distance. Mm, okay, all right, unanimous decision. Yeah. Easy money. Easy money. 
All right, that, that fight's November 21st. Can you come out to Vegas I'm for that? I'm coming fight? to that one. All right, we're going to make that happen. We're going to talk after this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that you get some tickets to the fight. Hey, man, hook your boy up, man. Take care of your boy out there, man. You know I got you, brother. So, look, man, I know you got some other calls to do. I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, you know, give everybody information. If anybody who ain't following you by now, they're probably stupid, but give them all the Instagram, <laughs> the Twitters, and all that good shit. All right, well, now you can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, Rotimi Music, R-O-T-I-M-I Music. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, R-O-T-I-M-I, Rotimi. Um, and Lotto featuring 50 Cent right now is on iTunes. We're going up every week with sales, man. I love all y'all. I appreciate y'all. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just got on Snapchat, too. The Real Rotimi. Goddamn, man. You do Snapchat, too? Brother, they got me on it, man. I'm trying. Like, I try. That's OD, man. You old, man. <laughs> Word. So, <laughs> I appreciate having you, brother. Um, and like I said, if we can get you out of here for the Canelo Cotto fight, we have to have you live on the show because we do specials at the fight. So we got to bring you on board to talk about Heck it. Heck yeah. Let's do it, man. One time. Word up, my dude. All right. So we'll talk to you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Respect, man. Shout, shout out to y'all. All right. Peace. Yeah. All right. So I'm back. Great interview by my man, Andreas. Yeah, man. Power, which I still got to catch up on. So. It's crazy that I haven't seen every episode yet. Well, it's good that you, you know, I did this interview without you because we talked spoilers and we talked season three, we talked story arcs. So, yeah, sorry. Yes, I'm going to have to skip this own portion of yeah. our podcast so I don't get the spoilers. But I'll catch up in the next couple of weeks and I'll be on it and then I can listen to it. But now we got to talk UFC. Yeah. Um, and hmm. it's really just a bunch of announcements of stuff to come, but we're hype off of it. And everyone's hype off of it. December and January are going to be crazy. Yes. And we have Rousey versus Home. Which I'm not hype about what? at all, whatsoever. Not a single bit. You want to start there? We can start there. Let's start there. That's where everyone starts. Okay, so why does Holly Home deserve this fight? Because Holly Home is 34 years old and so, she's not getting any younger. So. And she's an unknown, a person you can sell. No. Nope. She's an ex boxing champion, number one pound for pound in the world. Who? Holly Holmes, she was number one pound for pound in world boxing when she left. Women's boxing is like yay big. So semantics. No, it's not semantics. It's just, she was, was she number one? Is Holly Holm deserving of this? Like boxing versus MMA, you build. That's it. horrible. All right, listen. Holly Holm has not looked impressive in a two UFC fight. She has not, but the general public does not know that. The general public does know that because they watched her. Casual fans, the same people who thought that Kohea might have had a chance. Listen. Nobody thinks Holly Holm is ranked what ninth? Ninth, generous ninth. I don't know. You do the ranking. She's a generous ninth. So come on, man. She deserves this title shot. Are you serious? Everyone else has gotten beaten. So Misha what? twice. Amanda Nunez has not. Nunez has not. So Holly Holm is going to get wrecked. She's not ready. She's. You say she's thirty four, but it doesn't really matter because she's still relatively new to this MMA thing. She hasn't worked on her ground game. Her jiu-jitsu's a little suspect. All she is is stand-up. Yeah. All Ronda has to do is get her hands on her and the fight's over. So where's the intrigue in this fight? They're going to sell her as someone with knockout power. Who doesn't knock people out. specialist. And casual fans aren't going to know the difference. The same casual fans who say, oh, she's running away from Cyborg. And Cyborg could beat Ronda. Who have never seen Cyborg fight. And it's just a hype train that everyone's created. Because Ronda, when she gets to fight Cyborg, is going to destroy her. So, it's the same thing with home. It's an easy sell. 
and Misha for the third time, and it's not a trilogy fight. Both fights ended in losses. It's an easier sell for the UFC. So they're going to sell it, and it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views of the winter. That simple. And people are going to say, oh, Holly Holm, she can knock Ronda, or her hands at least are good enough to give Ronda a test, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to build it up and build it up and ignore her last three fights. This, this fight does nothing for the women's division. It's actually, it hurts the women's division more than anything else. Holly Holm's clearly not ready. She's ranked number nine and getting a title shot. She is not ready. But she, we see, we saw Connor jump a bunch. No, no, no. Connor won meaningful matches, impressively knocking people out like Dustin Poirier. Correct. Poirier Holloway. Who's his two biggest fights? Well, I mean, obviously Poirier was probably his biggest fight okay. before he got his title shot. And that was Poirier. He, Dennis was at Siever to yeah, he knocked out Dennis Siever and Diego Brandau. But he knocked all of them out. He right. was impressive. Like the eye test. Like when we talk about Gennady Golovkin, he's not winning fights. He was decimating people. Yeah. Holly Holm had a split decision in her first fight. And Mary Renault, she looked good against because Renault's not nearly as good of a striker as Holly Holm. Correct. And she still danced way too much. But that's what I'm saying. She's not, she didn't engage. So, but you're ranked number nine. If the rankings are going to mean something, a number nine should never get a title shot. Betts Correa never should have got a title shot. No. So, but she had the buildup. So but yeah, they had the story. There's no story with Holly Holm. It's just a fight. It's just Ronda running somebody else over. I wrote a piece for Yahoo that said Ronda needs to take a vacation, a paid vacation for fighting. <laughs> and... It's hard to tell somebody who's as good as Ronda to not fight. But her running through the division like she has is doing nothing for the division because you can't build anybody who you legitimately think can beat Ronda Rousey. If Holly Holm won, beat a Misha Tate or beat a Kazangano or beat an Amanda Nunez, then you might start believing that she has a chance. But she might lose to them and you lose the payday but but you, and the marketability. You, you don't lose the payday because Ronda's the attraction. Nobody's watching Holly Holm fight. It's true. It's like at a certain point, it was all about Mike Tyson. It didn't matter who he was fighting. You just wanted to see him kick somebody's ass. My latest article was saying Ronda has that Floyd Mayweather kind of effect nowadays. It's a Tyson effect. It doesn't matter who she's fighting. You're tuning in. Yeah, but this is a Tyson effect because Mayweather fights go the distance and you complain when the night's over. It's very true, but you're going to watch because it's Mayweather. Granted, you watch to watch him lose. Like, you watch to watch Ronda win. Ronda win, yeah. But still, it's like, okay, it doesn't matter who the hell she's fighting. So I guess it is like Tyson. Like, okay, she's going to win. You know she's going to win. You're just going to see how impressive it is that she's going to crush someone. How fast it's going to be. So what I'm saying is, like, I don't want Ronda to fight anybody. Unless it's going to be Cyborg, there's no use in her ruining anybody else in the division. Build up some new stars. The only way you're going to do that is having them fight each other. If you keep plucking one and pulling them into a title fight... Because losing the way that you lose to Ronda Rousey, like people are like, losses help your career. No, that, that type of loss destroys your ego. Oh, yeah. And anything like Kat Zingano's never going to truly be the same. To know that she was like, I'm going to give it all that I, oh, tap out. Like, she never really time <laughs> to even think about the fight. Like, Holly Holm losing to Ronda is not going to be good for Holly Holm in the future. Because she's not going to learn anything, but I just got my ass kicked by Ronda Rousey. Don't let Ronda beat her on the, in the stand-up. That'll just make it worse. But the whole point is, is I, I, I kind of want to see Ronda take a break. If it's not Cyborg, let these girls duke it out. We got to find somebody else that's going to be able to fight Ronda Rousey. Or we have to at least create the perception that somebody can beat Ronda Rousey. Nobody can beat Ronda in this division right now. Unless a Buster Douglas comes along and catches Ronda falling asleep at the wheel one night. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's the key. And people hope that it's Cyborg. Nunez has good hands, but I'm still not sure she has knockout. No, power. none of them are ready. None, nobody could beat Ronda Rousey. <laughs> so, it's just, it's, so she can't fight until like the next chick that, who's 17 right now comes up the ranks. And that's what I'm saying. I, I can't tell Ronda not to fight. I can't tell the UFC to sit their biggest attraction on the shelf. In a perfect world where these things wouldn't matter, it would be best if Ronda just kind of stayed away and let these girls build each other up. She's at least two to three years ahead of the rest of the division in terms of skill set. Most of these girls specialize in one discipline, and that's it. Like, Misa's a great wrestler. Zingano's a great, she's a good striker, but she's great at jujitsu. Holly Holmes a great kickboxer. Mm-hmm. But everything, where else is a hole? Ronda's good at everything. And the crazy thing is you watch her, and she's getting better every fight. Yeah, and she only started, I mean... When she started, it was like her judo carried her a lot. Well, yeah, her judo was But she's was it. gotten better. Yeah, her hands... These other been... chicks now have to realize, I have to get better. And Misha says she's doing that now. New boxing coach. Whatever. She says her hands are better than ever. I don't believe her. I'll have to see it. Like we, I've been watching... <laughs> her last Misha. fight, her hands are way better than they They used. were better, but she still throws wide. She's not sharp down the middle. There, there are things that Ronda will pick her apart. Like, Ronda's 20 times better than she was when she fought Misha Tate. Misha's like two times better than when she was when she fought Ronda Rousey and took her three rounds. Not really the same level here. Like, Ronda's learning curve is ridiculous. So, no, I'm not looking forward to this fight. There'll be another first-round finish unless, like, the Fertitas and Dana's like, hey, Ronda, make this dramatic for us, please, because we can't have another Instagram finish. <laughs> so, But, I mean, Ronda tried before to make her last fight against uh, Kohea as long as she could in the yeah, last 30 seconds punch her in the head like her mom was like listen stupid like that's her mom probably talks to her hey stupid you don't want to do that get her out of here as fast as you can just like th- when when they talk about this fight coming up when she's in camp it's going to be hey stupid don't get wise and want to start throwing hands with her use your judo continue to win Take because you lose everything you have is gone movies everything is out of here you're finished because you're an action star. Like you're not a woman, you're not a real actress yet. You do cameo appearances as yourself. Like you're you're Ronda Rousey with a gun in the expendables. You're Ronda Rousey dating Turtle in Entourage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's got a couple of movies coming out, but you gotta keep winning because you lose everything. Like everything's built on your invincibility. The only thing bigger than a Ronda Rousey fight is a Ronda Rousey loss and a Ronda, Ronda Rousey rematch. But only if it's cyborg. Because if it's if she loses if she loses to home, home is huge, and then the rematch at 200 is gigantic. But what sucks is home will lose to somebody like Bisha Tate. It, it, I they, mean, yeah, they got to protect home. <laughs> like, whoever beats Ronda has yeah. to be protected. It in freshen, Ronda losing freshens up the division. It, it gives it a new, you know, a new car smell. But it hurts Ronda more than anything. Because even he's like, oh, the rematch is even bigger. For who? It's not bigger for Ronda. Yeah. She's not invincible anymore. It's like Silva when he lost, and you're just like, yeah, the veil of invincibility is lifted. It changes everything. Yeah. Mike Tyson was never really the same guy when he lost to Buster Douglas. It exposed him. Ronda can't lose. So she's got to keep winning. But I just want—I just need a break. I want her to take a year off. And like, have a women's <laughs> tournament. Do something. Like, do anything you can. But I can't tell the, the woman not to. That's why I said a pay vacation. Like, she can't, she can't take a vacation <laughs> we'll and not be paid. Just stay away. Yeah. Uh, what other fights were announced? We have Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is fighting Michael Johnson. Um, you know, people thought he was going to fight Khabib, but whatever. Michael Johnson, who got robbed in his last fight. Yeah. But uh, that's actually a pretty good fight. UFC fight night, it is. Uh, I don't know what to expect from the Diaz brothers at this point. But that's, the, that's why. That's why it's a good fight. Michael Johnson's a good fighter. Not an elite fighter, good fighter. He's still, you know, he's still getting better, but him against Diaz at fight night, I'm not mad at that fight. It has potential. 
I'll say that. And then also we have a heavyweight fight that was announced. Well, Junior Dos Santos announced their Overeem. Dos Long Santos overdue. Overeem, yes. Long overdue. Overeem's looked decent his last couple of fights. I'm not mad at Overeem. Like, he's, not, he's not the Overeem that was in strike force. He's no. Not the Overeem I mean, was he got rocked a couple of times, and then he was just like shot for like a year or two. But he started training again. He went to Thailand, I think, on like yeah. a trip, came back. I was like, I'm I'm back to the same guy. He's with Greg Jackson's gym now. You know, it's going to sharpen him up. Jackson's but, um, MMA? You know, fighting Junior, is, I mean, it's a grudge match. It's a legit grudge match. They were fo- supposed to fight for the title before Overeem got popped for testosterone. And, yeah. So, good fight there. Um, just announced today in the middle of the podcast is we got Frankie Edgar and Chad Mendez uh, headlining the Ultimate Fighter finale here in Vegas. Huge we're, fight. We're so, we're so spoiled. So spoiled. So, we get Connor. Connor and Aldo. Aldo the night before. With Weidman and Rockhold. And I feel like there's something else. Well, there's Jacare and Romero, which won't last. Like, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> that fight's not happening. But it's going to be dirty. So we get that. And then we're going to be riding that high and then come back the next day and see Edgar Mendez. I think it's the week after, I think. It's the 12th. There's nothing the week after. No, I think the uh, – I have to look. But I don't think it's the day after. I don't think that – well, it might be. Because be the fight was supposed to be December 5th but got moved back to the 12th because Bocelli. No, you're right. You're absolutely so right. So I believe it's the 13th. Which would have been the week after, but now it's the day after. Well, again, I'm with it. And then we rolled into January with Rousey home. Uh, Joanna Josecic is fighting <laughs> Claudio Galdeja, probably if she's healed up. If not, I don't That's care. That's an interpreter's dream right there. Like, just yeah. those two names? Yeah. You're it's, earning it's, your money pronouncing those every day. Cut the week. check. <laughs> cut the check. Um, but it's, it's loaded. UFC is loaded. They're actually doing a Go Big press conference. Uh, next week before the DJ uh, John Dodson fight, so which I almost forgot we had to go to. Yes, which will be an excellent fight. So yes, MMA's got you know it's a nice little upswing. Yeah, I mean we got Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condit fighting in Australia. Yeah, uh, we have the whole Houston card. Yeah, the DC, DC, DC and Gustafson, and uh, that also has Big Rig. Yes, we and Tyron Woodley. And Woodley. So I mean that card. Fresh is out of straight out of Compton, my man <laughs> Tyron, Tyron Woodley was was in the. If you watch the movie very closely, he's. Part of the lynch mob in friend of the podcast, yeah, the homie. So, um, nah, that was that was great. Um, UFC is doing their thing. Yeah, they're, they're doing. I mean, they're putting together fights that people want to see. Now, hopefully, all these fights can stay together because that's the only thing we got. Injuries are always looming. Yeah, there's always a possibility that we'll roll around to 194, and nobody that was announced in the car will be there. Yeah, because Aldo is shaky at best, and Weidman is Weidman, so he only fights once a year because. Injuries yeah. keep like out I said, the rest of the time. Jacare and Romero, they've been trying to put this fight on. This is the third time they try to make this fight happen. If it can stay together, though, it's special. We and shall see. And then uh, what we have tomorrow, if you're listening to this, it might be today, Wednesday. We have Floyd Mayweather open workouts. Oh, yeah, we got Floyd Mayweather. In the sweat box. Yeah, we got to go to the hot-ass gym, listen to Floyd defend his decision as why he chose Andre Berto. Correct. Uh, they're going to give us Ishe Smith and Badu Jack to talk about their fights that Whatever, um, <laughs> it's man. Yeah, You've done it a lot of times. Yeah, but this, this might be the last time. Do you feel sad? Do you feel like nostalgia? No, there? this fight, I don't feel sad at all. Like I keep telling people, I don't care about this fight from a from a fan perspective. It could be the last time we see Mayweather. No, nah, I'll just just no. No, I'm good. <laughs> like, right, I'm, I'm just saying, like as somebody who's people, like, I've got a lot of tweets and. DMs and you're a Mayweather hater. No, I don't hate Mayweather. I think Mayweather is the best fight of our generation, hands down. Fighting Berto just does him no favors, and it leaves him open to criticism that I thought he could try to avoid on the tail end of his career. So 
it's frustrating. Like I used to, to defend him because I legitimately think that Mayweather can beat anybody in this era. That's around his weight class. I don't, Gennady Golovkin might be too big for him. Yeah, but um, and some other like, but Mayweather is so good he shouldn't be fighting somebody like Berto on his way out. So when I see this fight happening, you can't sell me this fight as something that's going to be mildly competitive. <laughs> it's just impossible for me to. It's like it's worse than Lesnar versus a fifty-year-old Undertaker because at least you know it's scripted. This is going to be Mayweather going out there to get rid of Berto. And Berto's done nothing to, avoid, to, to get this title shot. Nothing to say that he can last against Floyd Mayweather or can challenge him in any way. No, nah, man. So, I mean, we'll see what happens at the gym tomorrow. That's going to be dope. We didn't do a pound-for-pound pound list today, which is odd, but we had two guests. Yeah, we were pretty low to show. Yeah, so next week we'll be back with a pound-for-pound pound list. Yep. Uh, I'm going to set up the mailbag again. because We got to get to that. because We I, have I mean, to do it because we want to know what you guys are talking about. You guys can feel free to hit us up on Twitter at the corner LSN. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, my Twitter at Kel Dansby. Mine's at Andreas L. Oh, and for you people who just like reading my stuff, or some of you people be like, "That's vanity." Just stop talking about your own shit. Ice Cube retweeted my article on Two Dope Boys the other day. Oh, so dope! I like that. And yeah, and I had to get into an argument with Bomani Jones about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just got ridiculous. You guys follow my Twitter feed for that. But go ahead and read that. Um, and just stay up on it, man. Like next week, we'll be talking about 191. We're, we're going to be gearing up for that. Uh, and we're going this weekend. We're going to Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yes. Well, hopefully, Kel goes. Oh, shit. Well, I got to buy you my got... tickets here in a couple minutes. Yeah, Kel's got to buy his tickets for Pro Wrestling Gorilla in a couple minutes. And next week, we'll actually talk about it because for those of you who have no idea what PWG is, get with the program. It's like the best wrestling out there. It's the most fun that you'll have at a Some show. Some of the biggest acts right now came through PWG. Indeed. So we'll have all that. For you guys next week and a couple more guests, I'm sure. Man, it's going to be a good spring. Spring? Shit, where so, am I? Winter. Fall. Yeah, get it together. It's fall. See, fall, you, winter. you fucked up too. I don't give a goddamn. It's summer still. It's a good fighting season. You want to get punched in the face, it's a good time to watch fights. All right. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We're out. Peace. All right. So that was supposed to be the end of the show, but we are back. And Andreas is laughing at me because <laughs> I got off. I got my credit card, and I'm waiting on a PWG website. I'm all hype. I got my credit card in my hand. Like, I'm going to buy my ticket. We're going. It sold out in less than two minutes. It said 8 o'clock. The tickets go on sale. They went on sale at 58. No, it was still at 8. It was 8 o'clock, and Kel jumped online, put it in his cart, got to the checkout, and it was like, bitch, them shits is gone. <laughs> so I was like, we're sorry. There's no more tickets. Two minutes? What the hell is this? SummerSlam? Two minutes for PWG tickets. So I'm tight right now, and I got to go through back channels and eBay and message boards like it's 1999 to try to get a ticket. So we had to start the podcast again and rant. Ain't this some shit? Always happens to me. This is another goddamn it, Kel moment. Yeah, man. Goddamn it, Kel. And my boy Ryan sat there and thought about it. it. Was like, hey, man, it's kind of pricey. Do I have time to buy them? Nah, son. They're gone. Two minutes. Y'all move too slow, bro. We need a PWG sponsorship or something. Until next week. We're out. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.